Okay. Welcome, everyone. Uh, with the sound of the gavel, I will uh, open up the reg regular meeting of the Peace River Town Council for Monday, April the 27th, 2015. And let the record show that the me uh, meeting started three minutes after five. Uh, we uh, have an adoption of agenda is the uh, second order of business. Are there any deletions? I mean, well, I should actually start with addition. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Ms. Alexoff, could I get you to note the additions that are being added? Uh, one of the additions is the um, uh, council meeting minutes. Um, Acting CAO Renati Bench wanted to uh, clarify a couple of things. Okay. And uh, the second is engineering. <coughs> So the first item we will put under uh, adoption of minutes and we'll actually make it item 0 0.5 since it will pr probably uh, affect the, uh, the adoption of the uh, or possibly affect the adoption of items 1 and 2 under adoption of minutes. I'm assuming that uh, you mentioned emergency funding for lift station 3. Pump two, and that should be under new business, should it? That's correct. Are, are there any other additions? Uh, hearing none, I will ask for any deletions. Seeing none, I will uh, entertain a motion to accept the agenda as amended. I so move. Uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer has made a motion to uh, adopt the agenda as presented. All in favor? Passed. That takes us to adoption of minutes. I will uh, ask Ms. Bench to speak to uh, um, revision of minutes uh, and the MGA uh, ruling on that, so to speak. Okay, so after reading the uh, minutes as they were put on the website after the April 20th meeting, I uh, consulted with uh, the MGA and uh, the report in front of you is to provide council with information and to request a decision with respect to the format of those minutes. The MGA requires that the Chief Administrative Officer must ensure that all minutes of council meetings are recorded in the English language without note or comment. So in order to provide consistent content and format, administration has been endeavoring to adhere to the legislation when recording minutes. So in all the past minutes, we've stuck to the MGA and had it not with any comments or notes on the minutes. So Council has two options. You can adopt the uh, minutes as on the website, or you can adopt the revised minutes without comment or notes as provided to you in the edition. The podcasts of all those Council meetings would remain up on the website so people can get the further details if they ch choose to listen to the podcast. 
So that would remain up there and uh, be available to the public for any period of time. So administration recommends that in order to provide consistent content and format for recording council meeting minutes and to continue with the past practice of recording council meeting minutes without note or comment, council adopt the attached revised minutes of the special meeting of council held on Monday, April 20th. I'll make that motion. Uh, and so you're making the motion to adopt the attached revised minutes of the special meeting of council held on Monday, April the 20th, 2015. Yes. yes. Are there any corrections before we get on to that? Are there any corrections that need to ma be made to, to, the, uh, to the revised minutes? Since that's the uh, item on the agenda on the uh, table, it's a motion on the table. Sorry, um, can I just just because I just right. got this here? Can I get clarification as to the areas that are removed? Is it the notation one on the draft? It is. So. The all the um, detail of the presentation were taken out. Okay. I, the believe I believe that's all that was taken out. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, that and the repeat of the motion from the previous meeting. Right. Uh, so just under motion um, 1504298, the, the details under that motion were removed. So where it says uh, Mr. Bunn stated that he believed that the in-camera session right. would be open and he requested Mayor Tarby to read the motion 1504-294. Right. So the actual motion that was in there has been removed. Oh, okay. And then um, the detail with respect to the hearing, all the verbatim um, record of what happened. Oh, of the removed. actual presentation. Yeah, the verbatim okay. uh, word-for-word word notes were removed. Okay. And again, they are available on the website if anybody chooses to listen to them. Oh, through the it's podcast. Through the podcast. This would just be for the official record that is kept forever in the vault. And you're saying the MGA requests that it's without note or... And the MGA not. states that uh, the minutes must ensure that they're in the English language without note or comment. Okay. And that's been our practice in the past. Okay, thank you. So, Mr. Mayor, the um, actual presentation that was read, that would be removed from the minutes or it is it would remain in the minutes? It's been removed from it. The, there's a note that says that the presentation was made, and we will keep a record of it, and it is on the podcast as well. And that would be the same as with any other presentation? We don't normally do verbatim uh, notes at any council meetings. Mr. That, that's pretty standard. Like, I've read a number of the municipal reviews and a number of times that's one of the major recommendations. Don't do that. Follow the MGA. So I, th I think we're just doing what we're supposed to be doing by, by removing that. 
Mr. Needham? Uh, yes, Your Worship, we should uh, move along, but just a quick typo, I think, under the airport, uh, 1504297. Uh, Council effectively approved e-construction limited via email. I, I, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's E-E-C-L. I'm not sure if uh, that's the correct. Actually, yeah. Ms. Adams could probably speak to that. I think the this is this is the airport tender award. Yes. What's and, the proper name of the company? I, I refer to it as ECL, but I believe in the tender package it's E Construction LTD. Period. Okay, so the I, the minutes are correct, and I will withdraw my concern. Okay. Uh, any further uh, questions? Okay. All in favor of Councillor Burr's motion? And that's passed unanimously. Um, so the next item on the agenda would be the minutes of the April 23rd meeting. Um, any, any corrections required there? I'll enter if I if I don't hear anything. I'll also entertain a motion. I'll make a motion. I reviewed those previously. I, I think they're good. Okay. All in favor of uh, Councillor Burr's motion to adopt the minutes of April twenty third, twenty fifteen, as presented. Okay. I am so that uh, Ms. Alexov. Are there any public hearings? No, Your Worship. Uh, that takes us to presentations, and my favorite water group is here today, BC Hydro. Well, and you're our favorite town council in Alberta to deal with. <laughs> So we thank you very much, Mayor and Council, for hearing us again this evening. And uh, we are here to provide uh, an update on the Lower West Peace uh, Subdivision Groundwater Mitigation Project. And so it's myself, Bob Gammer. I'm the Community Relations Manager for Northern BC, based in Prince George. And with me is the project manager, Nick Vanderquack, who is no stranger to you. And uh, so Nick is going to provide the update. We were hoping actually to have the uh, um, construction guys, uh, um, Craig and Jerry, here, but they are actually out in the field right now. So uh, um, Nick is uh, sort of pinch hitting, although he knows this project inside and out anyway. So he's just uh, getting his presentation lined up for viewing on the screen here. We'll be back probably, I would think, around October-ish sometime in the fall to give you a, a, a basically a wrap-up update as well. So, uh, and then and then our, our meetings will be less frequent. So, anyway, take it away, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so... We're at a point now where we're uh, ready to start some construction and uh, appreciate uh, the help of um, Kelly and uh, Sandy and others uh, to uh, get a right-of-way agreement signed for the work we're doing down there and also a development permit. 
I should introduce uh, a couple of my team members who are here on the project. Uh, behind me is, uh, and you guys can stand up. Uh, behind me is Dale Fair, who is our construction manager. And uh, Wally Harder right beside him, uh, covering off uh, when uh, Dale can't be here. Uh, so uh, Dale will be here uh, full-time and uh, Wally part-time, and uh, they will be BC Hydro's presence on site uh, <coughs> for this work as long as the contractor is, is uh, actively working in the subdivision. Uh, we also have uh, Wade Schmidt here from uh, Landlink uh, in Edmonton, and I think Wade was here in January, and you may have met him then. Uh, Wade had done, uh, along with Rick Trawl, had done a walk around in the neighborhood and, and talked to people about uh, some of the things that they would start seeing um, in front of their homes and, uh, you know, talk about whether that was causing them any problems or, uh, you know, whether things needed to be moved somewhere else, that kind of stuff. So uh, we have a, an active hotline at Landlink, uh, so residents can call them anytime they have a concern or a question. Uh, and so, <clears throat> well, uh, Wade and his company have been supporting us since, I think, about 2008. Uh, they're now also specifically supporting us through construction in that kind of community relations role. The, the contractor that uh, BC Hydro selected uh, for this work, uh, you met, I think, uh, Craig Barcy and Jerry Gobey in January, and uh, they may show up yet tonight here if, uh, if I don't get uh, finished pretty quickly uh, and take some questions at least. But... Um, <coughs> Uh, they've been working hard to prepare uh, some detailed designs. It's a design-build contract, and uh, the design drawings have been rolling in. Uh, we've accepted their drawings for wells, um, and they've got a, a driller here that I think might be starting as early as tomorrow. Uh, that's uh, Anderson drilling out of uh, Fort St. John. <coughs> uh, so um, there are nine uh, wells down there now and we've been running them. I think we ran them twice in two different winters when the river was high. And wor they work pretty well in keeping the water out of people's basements. Uh, so I don't think people's basements have been wet since 2008. Uh, we're going to put in uh, at least nine more, up to 13. Uh, so there's some decisions to be made on site about specifically where these things will go. Um, and then as they're drilled, they'll be producing, they'll be testing them for yield. And... Uh, if they yield well, that's that's all fine. They'll go where the drawings say they'll go. If if there's troubles, uh, if we run into clay lenses or other impermeable areas, then uh, we'll shift them over, drill a new hole, or we may put in a few more wells to make sure we get at our overall goal of making this a robust system. There's some piping going in that's uh, uh, going underground, underneath uh, all the utilities that are there now, and then coming up uh, under the dike and then into an outfall. So... Before I get ahead of myself, I should um, just put this up. <coughs> this is the latest uh, layout, and it shows uh, a pretty much continuous line from north to south. That's left to right on your drawing, um, <coughs> with a couple of smaller branches. And then in the middle there, there's uh, a line heading toward an outfall over the, uh, under the dike, out back out to the Peace River. Uh, so this uh, drawing covers the location of uh, all the wells and of um, also, uh, I believe, 10 uh, monitoring wells or piezometers. So um, 
we need some independent verification of where the groundwater actually is. So we have monitoring wells somewhat away from pumps so we can measure uh, what's going on with the water table. Uh, this is a planned view of uh, outfall. It's a, it's a bit rough right now. We're just working on, on this drawing. Um, so on the left side of the drawing, it shows where, uh, like the top of the dike is at the very, very far left, kind of shown with the two bold lines as contour lines. And the pipe coming under and then into an outfall area. And that, that drawing actually represent uh, riprap reinforcement of uh, uh, drainage ditch. And in the top right of that drawing, you can see there's a bit of a plunge pool there. So that's to dissipate the energy of the water as it comes down the um, bit of a slope on the river side of the dike. And then riprap channel or ditch continuing on out to wherever the river is. So um, at some point, and defined by legally as this sort of normal high water mark or flood mark of the river, um, and it's kind of the edge of the vegetation there. Uh, there's actually a boundary there where town property stops and Alberta property starts, the river belonging to Alberta. So uh, this riprap channel will continue out a little bit into Alberta property and we got a license of occupation from the province to uh, construct works in that zone. So Barcy uh, brought in uh, directional drilling guide today as well. Uh, they. Uh, uh, go in at an angle with a machine and uh, drill in one direction and pull the pipe back in the other direction. Uh, drill can look something like that. I, these are maybe still generic photos, and I think he showed you these in January. Uh, so I, I don't know the exact equipment this person has, but it will uh, look something like this. Um, Brian Steed, I think, you may know him, is going to do this work. <coughs> So apparently it has uh, ability to be monitored as you go and controlled uh, by somebody walking on the surface. Uh, some piping, plastic. Uh, be some trenching where uh, lines change angle or where they need to be tied into wells. So uh, those excavations will be significant. They're, uh, uh, I don't think they'll be angled like this. They're planning on using um, a cage to prevent the uh, soil. Uh, from falling in on the workers. Uh, here it is. And this is their plan to uh, get down without doing digging a bigger hole than they have to. <coughs> and then a vertical uh, well rig, rig, I think it's coming on a truck. I don't think it's on tracks like this one, but it'll look something like that for the ver vertical well drilling. Uh, so uh, besides the drills, they'll have... Uh, uh, an excavator down there doing the trenching uh, for the connections. Uh, there'll be some material handling uh, for backfilling in that <coughs> and getting the, the road back up to grade where uh, the road is affected. Barcy's indicating that there would be 10 to 15 workers here at one time. Um, I understand they want to drill seven days a week uh, and they'll observe the noise bylaws. They're indicating that they have planned to uh, control dust. Uh, construction activities, they have a trailer set up now uh, on a private lot down there. Uh, 
and the, uh, the drilling will start uh, pretty quickly here. <coughs> We're going to drill five wells initially and then flow test them. Uh, and then depending on the flow test results, we'll have um, a hydrogeologist input those flows into the model that was developed by Schlumberger some time ago. And uh, that'll help them decide where the last number of wells will be and how many. And then basically as soon as there's some confirmation of pipe sizes, then they can start the horizontal drilling and installation of that piping, as well as construct uh, the outfall. And one of the last things to go in are the some kiosks that have power and control communication um, and data logging for um, information coming from the wells. So they'll be recording well flow rates and alarms and things like that. And they'll be communicated back to BC Hydro by um, I think by cell modem into a data system that we have at, at uh, Hydro's head office in Vancouver. <coughs> so after the uh, initial um, water well drilling and some piping work, they'll finish off the last number of wells, uh, complete the branches and tie-ins, uh, the kiosks and instrumentation, uh, restoring all the, uh, the site to final condition, and then testing of the whole system, which will involve, um, I think there's going to be a couple of tests. One is where uh, they're running five wells, five new wells plus nine old ones, probably with temporary hoses over the ground. And then the final testing of the whole system flow testing will be through the, the, the permanent piping. And we're shooting for September to finish this off. Um, but, you know, sometimes construction troubles can happen. You're working underground, you don't know the conditions exactly. So um, shooting for September actually gives us a couple months of grace should we run into some difficulties. Can I answer any questions? Um, I note that these kiosk bases, those were the things that you were going to have some sort of maybe art competition or whatever to cover up? Is, is it those things or is that something else? <laughs> I don't know about an art competition, but uh, yeah, so there will be a concrete base uh, with a kiosk on it that looks about the size of a traffic light control kiosk that you might see at an intersection. Uh, and uh, the contract calls for them to be vinyl wrapped with some sort of design that would be accepted by council. Uh, so it could be something simple like... Um, a type of uh, a picture of a type of uh, shrub or uh, vegetation that grows here and then they would just blend in to the background kind of or they could be something different decorative <coughs> the outfall looks different than I understood it and was described to me can you go back that trying or like I guess I'm I just want to make sure that I'm concerned that it'll freeze off when it's supposed to be working, so. Yeah, yeah, everybody asks that. And so the, um, the basic idea is that we're discharging over ice. So when this thing works, it's discharging at uh, 318 and a half meters. And normally the ice is at about 315 or 316 meters. So uh, the first part of the in a normal winter when we're using this, the first part of the riprap channel would actually get used. 
And the water coming out of the, wa the ground is relatively warm, and our experience is with just running hoses out that uh, it melts a path. It, it doesn't build up into a, a block of ice. Uh, so our, our outfall design is geared to that concept, is that we're discharging over. And it, it, makes, it makes for quite a simple outfall, actually. And then the extension of the channel out to where the river is in summer allows us to test in summer and fall to make sure it's ready for uh, winter operation um, without creating a, a silt plume out into the river during testing, right? Uh, so that's what's behind that design. Does that address what you're asking about? Yeah. yeah. Uh, frost is definitely a concern of ours in the design. So the piping on the subdivision side of the dike will be down below frost. Uh, and where the pipe comes up, uh, it can be drained back. It can be drained back. The whole system can be drained into the nearest storm sewer close to the dike. Um, and um, then we've got, I think, four blowdowns um, designed into the system as well. So um, the last thing we can do is hook up an air compressor and blow out the whole system um, for a period of when it's not being used. So the pumps then, the water level... Groundwater levels get to a certain point. You turn on the system, you draw the whole system down, and then it'll shut off. Could be one, two week or whatever. It's, it yeah, the, the, sy the system will be manually on and off. So um, typically, what happens is we'll we'll hear from homeowners that their sump pumps are running. You'll get a call. So my sump pump's running. Should I worry? You know, and then we can go and turn the system on um, in conjunction with monitoring river levels. So this year we were. We were that close to calling the truck out with the hoses from Edmonton, and but then we didn't. We didn't think we needed it because river levels were dropping. Okay. Uh, so those those decisions will be made, continue to be made in the same way. And then when you need to run the system, we'll go around pump by pump and turn them all to to operate status. Like I think they'd be powered up all the time for like logging purposes, but for uh, for actually running the pumps, um, they'll have to be set to that position, and then. Uh, once they're turned on, each pump will control itself automatically based on well level. So during the system testing and commission, we'll set each well where it's supposed to run or will run most effectively, and then it will have uh, controls to um, operate within a certain range of elevation in that particular well. Okay. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Your Worship, yeah, just uh, a quick question. We've, uh, we've, the we as in the town, BC Hydro, completed public consultation some time ago, so we're clearly into the implementation. So there's there's no need to go back and do any further community dialogue. But I thought I heard you say at the beginning of the discussion that there's a a hotline number. Yes. So maybe read that into the record so that um, I know or we know where the recorders listening to the podcast if there's a number uh, that would help so yeah. if someone could make it available or just simply read it into the record that's that's my question do you have that number yeah there? i have the number here um, <coughs> the land, so the number comes to land link consulting um, and the phone number is 780-449-4649 um, people can reach us at that number we we will then uh, make note of their concerns Um, what kind of a <coughs> excuse me maintenance schedules on that pumping system? How often do those things have to be fired up and 
checked and I mean like if they're sitting there for two years without use is there a regular firing pattern or program uh, part of the design work by Barcy and Lexus is to come up with that maintenance program but I anticipate at least once a year in the fall that they would go in and test the whole thing and make sure it's working if we leave uh, communications and data logging running year-round of course that'll flag us on anything else that's going wrong and in that part of it and we'll come out and fix it as needed um, the system will have more pumps than we need like it works now um, and it's helped us out and um, by having 18 down there uh, there's there's room enough for one or two to be in a failed state and gives us some time to fix it it wouldn't be a panic um, to go and do a repair or pump replacement um, when that needs to happen is that a very compli complicated process, though? Once these things are all in there, are they easy to pop them out and fix them? Or? Yeah, yeah, the wells will stick out above the surface. They'll have a cap that comes off, and then uh, you just pull them up by the discharge hose. And I, I haven't seen it done. I don't know if you need a picker truck or that to... Because the pumps are down some ways. They're submersible pumps. And so uh, they'll just come out in one... They, uh, if any of you are familiar with water wells, they're using a pitless adapter. And... Uh, once that's disconnected, then the whole works comes out together. It can be worked on and then popped back in. Uh, we're starting work right now, and uh, we hope to be done in September. The last part of that question, I would have to go away and do some some calculating and checking. Uh, the first part of the question, the capital cost, the contract value uh, is in the neighborhood of uh, 2.7 million, I think. Seven thirty. Yeah. yeah. So I was just going to follow up on Councillor Needham's question. So we uh, we will be <coughs> speaking with the community again, um, and uh, so tomorrow night at the Saw Ridge at seven thirty in the Mackenzie Room. Okay. And were there any councillors planning on attending? I know that I won't be able to attend. I have a landfill meeting. <laughs> at, I think it starts at seven at McKinney Hall. So. I think your I think your engineer was planning to attend. Great. So we will have town representation at that meeting to uh, take in there any any concerns from the residents. I should I should mention um, a problem that we ran into. Um, I don't know that it's going to be a problem in practice, it's, but it's a bit of a risk to the project. Uh, the original water quality tests by the original well developer developer was. Uh, Paul Mackie Broda, and they they showed uh, low metal contents. But then we did some more testing, and the last time we ran the pumps in uh, January 2014, and it showed high iron and zinc uh, metals from our three pumps, uh, which was a surprise to us. That was news. <coughs> uh, so we, we've done a little bit of thinking about it to see if this could be an issue because 
you know, there's limits on what you can discharge into the river uh, environmentally. And uh, we think it's manageable, uh, but it's something we worry about a bit that how do we stay on the right side of the law and environmental good practice um, in discharging uh, subdivision water back into the river. So um, our primary idea at this time is to run the pumps that are more clean uh, and have less iron in them. I have another question then. Go ahead. So can you, like, higher iron, that would indicate that's groundwater opposed to seepage from the river, right? Yeah, so two of the wells that uh, were implicated here are actually close to the bluff on the north end. Okay. So if you pump closer to the river, you should get more. Yeah, yeah. Although there was one uh, right, kind of right in the middle of the subdivision that was giving us high iron as well. So, um, and, we, and we want to do more water sampling, more water testing. But you have to run the pumps for a while to do that, and we're we're not able to do that without, you know, mobilizing out of Edmonton. So that's uh, that's a costly thing. Uh, but as as we do uh, flow testing on new pumps and the old pumps, we'll certainly be doing more water sampling to okay. see where we stand with this. And I should know this. Like I, I've heard some discussions around this. The, like, is there even a standard for that? I mean, there's general well, stuff in the PFO. Uh, yeah, on our uh, Jerry could probably tell you a lot more. But on our well permit, it says uh, the quality of what we discharge should be equal to or better than what we're discharging into the Peace River, right? And then there are some Canadian standards as well, which I forget what they're called, uh, but they're more of an environmental standard. Those are the freshwater aquatic guidelines. Yes. Um, great. Any further questions of BC Hydro? Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks very much. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, that takes us to bylaws. Uh, we have uh, in front of us <coughs> bylaw 1962. And. Um, for it to come up on my screen, but um, uh, will you, are you going? Were you going? You were going to lead the discussion on this yes, bench. Yes, I will speak to that. So the draft bylaw is in anticipation of the next bylaw that's coming up, the Governance and Priorities Committee bylaw. So the procedural bylaw states that um, council meets three times a month: the first, the second, and the fourth Mondays of each month. So in order to accommodate the Governance and Priorities Committee's bylaw, the procedural bylaw has been amended to eliminate the first Monday of the month in the, uh, for the regular council meetings. We've also taken the um, two amendments prior to this one and incorporated it into this one, this bylaw so that we only have one amendment to the procedural bylaw? Okay. You look puzzled. So, we, so we're going to have two regular council Two regular council meetings a month. And one priorities and governance. That's your proposal. If, the, if that's council's choice, I've got a sec When we get to the next bylaw, I've got uh, two options you can choose for setting the dates for the governance and priorities 
committee meeting date. Dates. Too many dates. Okay. Okay. Your Worship, I have, a, I have a question. Previously, we had asked for a whole review, like after the cuff report of the whole thing. Is that coming down the pipe? That's like, coming down. This is... Um, that would be a perfect thing for council to discuss at a governance and priorities committee meeting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to date, there's been no direction as to what to change. So to get the process moving, we've taken the liberty to amend it so that you can have the governance and priorities committee meetings and give some guidelines as to what you'd like changed in the procedural bylaw. I guess that works. We'd had some discussions with Kelly, but obviously that hasn't carried through but not to my knowledge so okay. your worship if it uh, it helps the discussion I would put a recommendation on the floor that we accept uh, administration's recommendation uh, to provide uh, first reading to bylaw 1962 uh, to amend the procedural bylaw 1841 so you uh, you're anticipating that we will only have three regular uh, uh, town meetings, regular meetings of town council. That's council's decision to make how many meetings you hold. Uh, but as you've amended the bylaw. Currently, um, that's coming up in the Governance and Priorities okay. Committee. So okay. if you're happy with two regular council meetings, uh -huh. then you can move forward with this bylaw. If you'd like to add something to it or amend this bylaw, then this is the time to do that, the procedural bylaw. So currently the procedural bylaw will have two regular council meetings a month. The second and the fourth Monday of each month will be a regular council meeting. So could we um, discuss the, the next proposed bylaw for the Governance and Priorities Committee before we do this one? Absolutely. Or? Because I'm wondering if it affects this one then. So yeah, go, go uh, ahead. Please go ahead. And so the other bylaw that's in front of you is bylaw 1960, the governance and priorities committee bylaw. Uh, go yeah. ahead. Um, so this comes out of the Cuff report, and uh, it is a um, committee. The main purpose of this committee will be to enable members of council to review upcoming and important issues with members of administration and the public where that is appropriate in a more relaxed environment where the focus is on understanding the broader policy implications rather than on giving direction or arguing the merits of the issues. All members of council are invited participants of the Governance and Priorities Committee with the CAO and at his request, members of the management team acting in an advisory capacity. The purpose of the Governance and Priorities Committee is to enable members of council to discuss key and significant agenda items with the administration in a non-confrontational environment prior to their presentation for action on a council meeting agenda. So this the bylaw that's on the website and that I'm presenting, um, there would be one meeting each month held on in council chambers on the first Monday of each month at 5 p.m. And the other option that I have that you have as a handout would be the section where it talks about the frequency of meetings. 
You could change that to at the first meeting of the committee, following the organizational meeting each year, the committee will establish the dates for the committee meetings. Special meetings of the Governance and Priorities Committee may be called on 24 hours verbal notice by the chairperson of the committee or upon 24 hours verbal notice at the request of any three members of the committee. Public notice of the committee meeting will be given in the manner approved by council and in compliance with the Municipal Government Act. So you have two options there. You can set the dates as the first Monday of the month or you can uh, choose whatever dates you choose. After the organizational meeting. With this being a new bylaw, you would set the dates from this date forward until now. The until next the next organizational meeting. So if we wanted, if, if somebody wanted to do an additional meeting, say keep three council meetings and do an additional meeting, that's different than this, right? This would just be saying that the third meeting would be held on a Wednesday as opposed to the first Monday. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. My preference actually would be um, to have. Can you make My preference would be to have uh, three council meetings, and on those same weeks, have a governance and priorities committee meeting. And uh, the reason why I say that there always seems to be um, more, more, more more issues than there is time for at a council meeting. Council meeting seems to uh, deal with the or, with the, uh, the business of, of, of the town, whereas governance and priorities is time to discuss it and, and talk about the nuances. And we seem to have lots of those items uh, on our agenda. I can, oftentimes I hear Elaine Manzer, Deputy Mayor Manzer speak to well, I'd like to talk about Athabasca Hall, or I'd like to uh, get more information on the airport, and we never really have the time to do that in a committee meeting. I also think about uh, we uh, the downtown revitalization strategy and bylaw that we'd like to put together, but we um, we we never seem to find the time for that. And even I, I think about the uh, bus program or the tra public transportation program. Um, we did have a subcommittee that dealt with that. It came back and uh, uh, there was quite a bit of surprise from the, from the other five council members in terms of, yeah, this wasn't what was expected. Uh, but if they had that, dealt with that in a governance and priorities bylaw, we, we uh, I think we could have resolved some of those issues and moved forward, but that's just my view of it. Hmm. I guess I think we need to do that more than once a month, right? Especially since we've got a number of issues that I think we need to be dealing with, and particularly a lot of the CUP recommendations, those I think we need to discuss how we're going to go with all that stuff. So uh, I don't know if I want to meet three times a month, but definitely one one one. P&G meeting or GMP meeting is not going to be enough to, to do everything we need to deal with. And we could set the agenda at the at the uh, at the regular meeting of town council. Uh, 
for the next the, the next governance and priorities committee. But um, Deputy Mayor Manzer has some viewpoints on this, I'm sure. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I, I rather feel that uh, doubling the number of meetings we have each month is a little too much. Um, if it's uh, the Monday and Wednesday of the same week, um, some of those Wednesdays are already booked for certain other ongoing committee meetings, so I don't know how that happens. Um, uh, I kind of like the trying one priority meeting and two council meetings. Second thing I would try is two uh, governance and priority and three council, I guess. But three and three seems too much. And well, I'm thinking staff, too, might. Well, I, I think part of the governance and priorities is that you, if there are items on the agenda, for instance, uh, let's say you have a viewpoint on the bus that is, I'm not going to uh, permit a bus. And yeah, I, I don't think uh, this town is, is of the right size to have public transportation in the form of a bus. So I already know what my vote is going to be. So, but you may not attend that gov governance and priorities meeting. Um, I, so I think, I think if you know what the agenda is, you can, you, you can pick and choose your times. But I, I found with this council, everyone wants to get engaged and everybody wants to have their, their, uh, their say. So a good example was the emergency management uh, um, meeting. I forget exactly what the title was, but Councillor Benke and I myself are actually the only two subcommittee members on it. But uh, there were a great many councillors that wanted to be on that committee, so we actually had a, had a special meeting so that we we could everyone could get their viewpoint in. And I think that helps to, uh, so instead of two councillors coming up and saying, well, we recommend this, and then rehashing all the arguments and discussions, uh, they get it straight from the horse's mouth and, and get to put in their, uh, their uh, considered opinion. And that would eliminate some of these committees. And the Cuff Report had spoken about, uh, made a recommendation to eliminate a number of committees, and I think we could probably do that through governance and priorities. But, um, Your Worship, my uh, my opinion would be to uh, continue with the uh, regular meeting as a council on the first, second, and fourth, and that GMP meeting possibly put in the on the third Monday. I would speak against that. One week off would be lovely. Yeah. Or, or to have the uh, the GP meeting like once sometime during the month and have like three or four uh, um, topics on that meeting. I still like the idea of keeping the three regular council meetings. That way we can, uh, um, instead of loading up an agenda and being here until midnight, try and keep those meetings a little bit shorter by spreading the topics out over the three week over, over the three different meetings. Well, um, just allow me to say that based on my experience with the last council, when we had two regular meetings and one committee of the whole meeting, 
which is basically a government's priorities <coughs> committee. We were here till uh, 11, 12, 12 at night, in fact, going past midnight on some occasions just to uh, get the business over and done with. So you, you, that is a valid point in terms of, of um, spreading it out. And I, and I think, um, you know, once you're in here for five hours sitting down or even three hours sitting down, it, it, um, it's not very, very conducive to good, clear thinking. So just, just for clarification, so at the Governance and Priorities Committee meetings, uh, it's an information exchange. There will be no motions made from Council. That's mm -hmm. correct. All right. So what that does, so then when you come back to the regular Council meetings, if it's two Council meetings, you're, you're now going to load those meetings up full of business because if you had three, you could have potentially been making motions along the way and clearing some of the business. So I think what's being suggested is if, it, if it's two and one, the, the two regular meetings are going to be quite lengthy because you need to sign off on the motions that were on the Governance uh, uh, governance and Priorities Committee. So um, I'm, I'm okay doing three and one, but, um, you know, it would have to be during the week, obviously, sometime. And this seems to be coming down to do you want to meet three regular council meetings and one governance and priority or two council meetings and one governance and priority? So it's, it's I, I think those are the two choices. I just wanted to clarify um, the comment about no motions coming forth from governance and priorities meeting. From my reading of this, I thought there were motions, but motions that basically direct administration to, I don't know, come up with background information or something. I, I think so. Do we have motions or don't we have motions? I, I, I think we can. I should let administration answer the question. But my and when we had community the whole meetings, we would often have recommendations. They would not be motions. So as far as the public is concerned, you could not make a motion at that meeting. But I will look to CAO Renee to clarify. You would be making recommendations to council in the way of a resolution because council can only act by resolution. So if you're making recommendations to council, then uh, it has to be by resolution, but you don't make any decisions. So you make a decision at the end of the meeting and you make a resolution that it comes forward at the next regular council meeting. And then when it comes forward, we've already had the discussion. We just vote on it and carry on. So that, 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 that would be a, a, a paraphrase there, of my there would, experience. It would, would come back still. to the table for some discussion, obviously. And so you may direct administration to do something, but you can only do that by resolution. Right. And priorities and governance meetings are public just like council meetings are? They are. Okay. So, I mean, I hear what Councillor Ford is saying, and I agree. I, do, I don't want to be here till midnight, two, day, two Mondays a month for sure. Um, I'm not sure I agree with the mayor, though, with I want three more meetings. So, I, I don't know. I guess I'd be in favor of looking at something like three regular council meetings and one to two priority governance and priority meetings a month. Um, I, I, however, disagree. I would like to keep that third week um, yeah. open. I've but, already, yeah. but I'm thinking especially, and I don't know if we can do this on an interim basis, but because we have a lot of 
um, cuff report recommendations, and we've got a lot of issues we haven't addressed. Maybe what we look at doing is doing two for the next six months and then trying with the goal being that we would scale it back to one once the bulk of the work is taken care of. Because, I mean, I'm assuming there's also going to be a budget implication in terms of adding these additional one to two meetings a month as well that that's right that we would need to take into consideration as well so um i think in the interim probably two meetings a month is probably what we're going to need to do um but i would hope that we'd be able to scale that back to one so that you know people can do their other committee work and have some but family you could do life. Like the organizational meeting according to uh ms bench sorry which so so what you were suggesting was, yeah, you set you, you set a, a schedule, and then when you get to the organizational meeting in about six months' time, we'll be able to reset the uh, the governance and priority schedule. But would we have to amend the bylaw? Like if we do, the, how would you word it if we were going to do two for the next six months? Would it, would the option for two meetings have to stay in here, and then we would just opt out of one of them, or how would you do that? According to the bylaw, you can uh, set one or two meetings, and then if you decide to change that, you could do that. Okay. You would just have to give notice of canceling the meeting. Oh, okay. So you would plan for two, set two, cancel the unnecessary one if it wasn't required. So in the bylaw, then we're going to be amending your recommendation because right now you've got it as the first meeting of the month would be um, – Governance and priorities, or priorities and governance. Sorry, I don't know the order here. No, sorry. If you go with my option two, then you would set the meeting days, the first meeting of the committee following the organizational committee. So you you would have your meeting, set the meeting at the regular council meeting, and then you'd decide when you want to hold the meetings at your first governance meeting. No, I guess I'm not talking about the day we're having it. I'm talking about the frequency. Yeah. So if we're having oh, one meeting okay. or if okay. we're having two meetings, how do we work that into the bylaw? Because right now you're recommending so, one meeting. No, the second option says establish the dates for the committee. So you can pick the dates. In, you can have however many you choose to have in the amended one. Well, I guess if if I understand Ms. Benke so uh, properly, I, I think that her recommendation is that we have uh, three council meetings as per the current schedule, which is the first, second, and fourth week. And then she is recommending that we have the Governments and Priorities Committee meet on the second and fourth. I didn't stipulate that far, right. but yeah, okay. Well, just to make it concrete, I... Weeks, second and fourth weeks you're talking, right? And then as soon as we don't need to, once we've gotten through, if you know, hopefully we can get it down to where it's just one meeting and then we can go um, one P&G meeting and three council meetings. So what right now, (coughs) the regular council meeting is being held on the first, second, and fourth weeks of the month, right? On the Mondays. On the Mondays. Mondays. And we would keep that. And we would continue to keep that. And so, uh, to make this concrete, uh, Ms. Councillor Benke is suggesting then as a compromise <laughs> between the, the Tarpy extreme and the uh, Elaine Manzer extreme that we, uh, <laughs> that we do the 
second and fourth Wednesday of each month as a governance and priorities committee meeting. The fourth Wednesdays of the month I'm on committee meetings. Right, the third, right? Yeah, well, so what, what's, one is the RCMP, and what's the other one? Uh, Community Services Board. Well, um, you'll just have to, based on the agenda, have to make a choice. Uh, well, it's, it's potentially your wish if the governance committee could potentially meet at 5 and be done by 7. Yeah, and, that's what And I then see, those community yeah. meetings could still go ahead. I, I, I would like to think that. They'd be two hour meetings, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should have fewer of them and get it over with. I, I, I would have thought as a teacher you would have realized that it's uh, when you pack too much information into a, a long period of time uh, that it's difficult to retain that information. You just need to change the actions as you go along. <laughs> okay. Um, so you have a motion on the table, Councillor Needham, to for this bylaw for uh, which which bylaw was that? That was the bylaw um, 1962 procedural bylaw amendment. No, you should. You don't need to amend that one. That can be okay. tabled till you want to amend it further. Okay. All right. It, so uh, I would like to withdraw my motion uh, where I was suggesting to provide first mo first reading to 1962 to amend the procedural bylaw 1841. I will withdraw that motion. Okay. Do we have to table it now? Because it's now uh, the bylaw was in front of us. So. Yeah. You can table it to a future date. All right. I'll amend my motion that we uh, we table. Um, Table this item uh, for a future uh, future discussion. Bylaw 1962. Correct. Uh, for future discussion, all in favor of Councillor Needham's motion. That takes us to Bylaw 1960. And given the uh, given what I said to you, uh, Ms. Bench, what is your recommendation for a motion to allow you to implement? Uh, Councillor Benke's. Uh, so you proposal. would am, you would amend I, um, section four instead of saying one meeting each month held in the council chambers, you would say two meetings each month held in the council chambers on the second and fourth Wednesdays of each month at 5 p.m. Okay. Um, so Councillor Benke, would you care to make that motion? Uh, sure, Your Worship. So I would move then that uh, <clears throat> bylaw 1960 uh, reflect a priorities, or sorry, governance and priorities committee um, that would take place on. Sorry, lost my spot here. The second and fourth Wednesdays of the month to begin at 5 p.m. and that those meetings would be held in council chambers. And could you add? that the um, section five under frequency of meetings be deleted? Right, yes, since it would fall on a Wednesday. Well, the only, if the meeting date falls on a Canadian national holiday. 
Um, the only there are a couple of dates where we could still have that. We would have Remembrance Day and Canada Day. I guess we don't normally meet in July. Why? Um, there probably isn't any. If it falls on a holiday, there probably actually isn't any need to reschedule it. To re you would just cancel the meeting for I that think date? we just cancel it. Okay. So, so then perhaps then you would amend if the meeting date falls on a Canadian national holiday or statutory holiday in Alberta, uh, the meeting would not take place? Deputy Mayor Manzer. Just one comment. Um, the tendency would be, I'm thinking, for all councillors to turn up at these meetings. So is it really fair to um, make it so one councillor is going to have a hard time showing up at one meeting a month? Uh, I think we resolved that issue uh, because his family, uh, it's the family and community services meeting and they start at 7 and we will endeavour to keep these meetings to two hours in length. Okay. Uh, I guess, well, my point is still having more meetings at shorter times still follows up the rest of the day a bit. I could always send my alternate. Okay, any other well, I, I, I guess, Your Worship, I, I mean, the, the former council had committees of the whole. They, they switched them into three regular meetings. Um, that seemed to work for that group of councillors. We can certainly try this, and if it doesn't work for whatever reason, it's not to say that we can't amend it again. So either cancel the governance and priority meetings or simply change the... But the, the mechanics of this is that the procedural bylaw sort of governs what we're doing, so... Um, but, I mean, that's not to say we, we can't make changes. So let, let's give it a try and see where we go. Okay. Uh, all in favor of Councillor Benke's motion? Passed. But, oh, that would have to be first reading or we... No, that was the amendment to the bylaw. So are you going to bring it back then next? Well, you can give first reading as an amendment. Okay. So who would care to make that motion? I would put a motion on the table, Your Worship, to um, accept first reading of the amended bylaw 1960 for the governance and priorities bylaw. Okay. All in favor of Councillor Benke's motion? Great. Passed. Uh, anyone for second reading? Okay. Uh, Councillor Needham? I would put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, to provide second reading to uh, 1960. As, as amended. amended. As amended. All in favor? And who would care? I'll make a motion that we, uh, I guess we have to motion to go to third reading. Okay. Uh, Councillor Burr makes a motion to go to third reading on bylaw 1960. All in favor? And would you care to make or? I'll make, make third re reading, pass the third reading, give it third reading. Bylaw 1960 as amended? As amended, yes. All in favor? Okay. So that's two bylaws down, two to go. So that takes us to bylaw 1961, uh, amendment to cemetery bylaw 1479. And I think the last time this bylaw was amended was in 1479. 
actually, it was amended in 1991. I stand corrected. <laughs> a long time ago, no matter what. So what you have in front of you is a proposed amendment to the cemetery bylaw, which would basically increase the fees, cemetery fees, to bring it into par with the rest of, with many communities of the north. So what exists is, exists is extremely outdated and the town loses money every year maintaining the cemetery and by amending the, the prices, we will bring it up where we won't be losing money on a regular basis. So it was brought forward um, during the budget meeting that I had proposed a budget change and had given all the councillors um, a proposed fee schedule and it was uh, brought back to me to raise the fees for a normal burial to $1,200 for the cost. So if you look on Appendix B, I also brought in a weekend cost, and the weekend cost is would be $300 for a regular plot cremation, 150 and veteran, 300 and that would bear the cost of a call-out for two town employees on the weekend. So it'd be a call-out is three hours. So that's a cost recovery on that one? On the 300 yes. Okay. I think it's fairly straightforward. Uh, you did a lot of good work, and uh, I know you were canvassing quite a few towns. So uh, I think this is relatively straightforward. I may be in incorrect here, but um, who would like to make a motion? I have one quick question, then I'd be prepared to put a motion on the table. The perpetual care, that was a one-time fee, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and that's the, the, the upkeep and maintenance. So you pay that once, and then that area for your loved one is cared for for perpetually right okay okay <clears throat> oh. one other quick question um for those people that have already purchased how does this affect them um if you've already purchased your plot you don't it doesn't it's what they paid for it however if you've purchased the plot at 100 plus 50 perpetual care if there is a burial it would go to the new cost to the open and close but the perpetual care stays the same? It's paid for at the time of the lot purchase. Okay. Okay. So did you... <laughs> you got the discount rate. <laughs> so, Your Worship, um, I would be prepared to put a motion on the table to uh, give first reading to bylaw 1963... Or, sorry, 1961... Uh, the amendment to the cemetery bylaw. All in favor of Councillor Benke's motion? Passed. Anyone for a second reading? I put a second uh, motion on the floor, Your Worship, to accept bylaw 1961 for a second reading. All in favor of uh, Councillor Ford's motion? Passed. And that, do we need a motion to go to third reading? So, uh, who would 
Deputy Mayor Manzer will do that. Uh, we'll make a motion to go to his third reading. All in favor? And who wants to deliver the coup de grace? I'll, I make a motion to uh, give third reading to bylaw 1961 amending Schedule B of the cemetery bylaw. Okay. Oh, shouldn't you just give it third reading? Third, whatever. I just read what it says on the recommendation. Right. Okay, just give it third reading then. Yeah. Yeah. All in favor of Councilor Burr's motion? Yeah, Deputy Mayor Manzer made a motion to present for third reading. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So um, I I know that the uh, bylaw 1963 is next. However, uh, we should before we uh, we we. Um, make a motion on bylaw 1963. We should uh, get uh, Mr. Schramm to speak to uh, the 2015 operating budget amendment, and you will find that in your agenda package under unfinished business number two. So, uh, Uh, go ahead, uh, Mr. Schramm. Good evening, Council. Um, I have brought before you uh, an amendment to the 2015 operating budget. Um, this, these amendments reflect uh, some material changes that came out of the uh, 2015 provincial budget. And I brought those to you in a report back in April 13th as uh, information. And I'm now uh, incorporating them into the operating budget uh, so it can be amended so we can move forward with the tax rate bylaw. Uh, the first um, major change was that there's an additional $32,000 in MSI operating funds uh, that the province announced that they were going to continue to provide the municipality. Um, so we've added that into the budget. Um, Another significant change is um, with the airport revenues. We had estimated uh, the revenues based on a number of flights based, uh, from Shell and their passenger count. Uh, with the construction that's going to be taking place this summer on the runway, um, we've, we've uh, updated our projections uh, that, that there is going to be about $400,000 less in revenues at the airport. So the net effect, the net effect of this will be an increase of about $368,000 in uh, taxes required. When we were preparing the municipal budget, uh, we used the assessment, the preliminary assessment from our assessors that the market and growth uh, of the assessment is going to be about 5.5%. Um, when the actual assessments came in, uh, growth in market uh, came in at almost 10% higher than um, as from the estimate. So by working these numbers through our budget, we were able to maintain uh, the tax rate as directed by council and uh, still uh, be able to generate the right number of funds, tax re revenue to operate the town. 
So what I've uh, what I would recommend is that council adopts the amended 2015 budget. Right. So we maintain uh, the the original uh, 0.5 mil increase. Correct. And that that combined with the market growth, uh, which is 5% more than we estimated, we will be able to deliver a balanced budget. Correct. Now, my recollection of your briefing notes was um, that that uh, the social, the grants in lieu for social housing provided by the provincial government, uh, we were going to lose a hundred and seventy thousand dollars. That actually turned out to be a, a little higher than that. Uh, worked out to about two hundred and forty thousand dollars. And that is factored into this, um, on, into this um, 2015 amended budget. That with the growth, with the unexpected amount of assessment that we received, we were able to um, maintain the tax revenue that we required. You know, taking into account that the grants in lieu, the provincial grants in lieu for social housing, won't be available to us. Right. So is it 400, so it's $400,000 less in uh, uh, revenue from the airport plus it's $180,000 less from uh, grants in lieu from the provincial government right. for social housing. Um, but with the... Uh, Sticking with the 0.5 mil increase and the uh, additional market growth, uh, we we should be able to balance the budget. Correct. Any other questions of Mr. Schramm? Just, uh, Your Worship, uh, if I could pass along a, a request to, uh, to Al and his group. Uh, there's a, The garden court is noted on here, and I, I believe that's an error. Um, if he could contact North Peace Housing, it's uh, that um, that I believe that's an error yeah. that I, should that should come off. And him. I'm I'm, in, I'm going to be talking with KCLR assess, assessors to clarify exactly which um, properties. That's a list that was given to me by North Peace Housing sure. as being included in the grants and loop. Right. Uh, I will get that clarified with uh, KCL. And adjust and, accordingly. And the number that's there, that's the assessed number? That's, that's the assessed number that we received this yeah, year. Yeah, there's something not quite square there because that building is over $11 million when it was built. So I, But that would be great if you could seek okay. some clarification. That would be great. And that's the number that we did receive from KCL okay. on that. Deputy Mayor Manager. So I see in the information here that the school requisition for the housing that is also um, lost or yep. gone, and we don't have to pay it to compensate for not getting it? <laughs> no, we still have to pay it. Oh. Don't we? Well, there's this portion that's North Peace Housing, which is not. Um, so, like, when it says here, school requisition 32909 uh, are we still paying that? Or so the school requisition we wouldn't have to pay, but the portion that's attributed to North Peace Housing, their requisitioning amount does not change. So we, that amount is spread over the rest of the population. 
sort of. So, so we would not have to collect this, um, the school requisition. So that we don't have to pay, nor do we have to collect it. It's it's um, non-event. It doesn't. The North Peace Housing Foundation amount that's listed there, we do have to collect it because they have a requisitioning amount that was I can't remember the exact amount. Two hundred and three hundred and. So the portion for the North Peace housing would have to be picked up by the rest of the um, population, by the uh, residents. So that would be spread over the remainder of the assessed uh, value of the town. So I think I get it. North Peace housing, it's spread over everyone. And the school part, it's an in-out for this particular... That's correct. 30,000 plus. That's correct. Okay. Anybody else have further questions? I, I just have one question related to Councillor Needham's comment about Garden Court. So does that mean then that Garden Court wouldn't be getting an exception and would be paying tax? My understanding of this list is these are all government properties except Garden Court. And um, it, it that Garden Court is, is a is a building that was constructed by North Peace Housing and, old, and owned by the foundation that's not owned by the provincial government. And I'm certain that we paid about $38,000 tax last year because I think I remember signing a check. Um, so I, it's a taxable building and is, is what I'm saying. So okay. I, I, it, just so needs clarification. what throws me off is this amount and there's something that's just askew here. All the properties paid taxes last year. So well, there was a check written well, for all of them. Right, right. But I specifically remember that one okay. <laughs> because it was a new building and opened late in the year and there was a discussion about um, whether or not the, the tax bill was for the for the full 12 months or not. The building ever opened till halfway through and there was a discussion. So I, it just sticks out in my mind. And just so that... Um, uh, the audience is clear is that the 0.5 mills that we are um, assessing, those monies are going into the arena slash recreational fund. Correct. They're, they're, they're going to be dealt with the same way as the uh, neighborhood renewal. They have their own separate reserve. The funds will go there. Um, they've been um, earmarked or dedicated it by council for the, those specific projects. Okay. Good. So I, in terms of this briefing note, I, I'm assuming that there should just be a motion to accept for information? Uh, motion, motion to accept the amended operating budget. Oh, okay. I see what you're getting at. Okay. Okay. Um, is there anyone willing to make that motion? I would make that motion, Your Worship. Very brave of you, Councillor Benke. <laughs> All in favor of Councillor Benke's motion. Okay, thank you very much. And that now takes us to Bylaw 1963, which is the uh, tax, which is known as the Tax Rate Bylaw. And um, uh, Ms. Bench, are you going to speak to that? Okay, Mr. Schramm, please. Okay. Um, we have before you the 
2015 tax rate bylaw. This bylaw <coughs> is set up to uh, ensure that we collect the necess necessary funds to um, operate the town and to pay the requisitions. Um, direction from council was to hold the tax rate uh, the same as last year, uh, except for the 0.5 mil for the arena fund, and uh, we've achieved that. The bylaw also reflects the um, increase in the North Peace Housing uh, requisition and also the um, change in the education um, requisi requisition tax rate. The format is the same as last year, and um, the options that you have before you for the recommendations is either accept the bylaw as presented or to uh, refer back to staff for any changes that you uh, would want. Deputy Mayor Manser, do you have I'll move question? that we uh, give first reading to this tax rate bylaw 1963. All in, uh, any discussion? Questions? Hearing none, all in favor of count, uh, Deputy Mayor Manser's uh, motion? Passed. I move we give second reading to uh, bylaw 1963, the 2015 tax rate bylaw. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Uh, uh, do you have a question? Or you're, you're just jumping the gun? All in favor. <laughs> all, in, all in favor of Councillor Burr's motion. Uh, do I have a motion to present the bylaw 1966, 1963 known as a tax rate bylaw for for third reading? I put a motion on the floor to present uh, bylaw 1963 for third reading, Your Worship. All in favor of Councillor Ford's motion? And who's going to deliver the final blow? I, in the bravery department, Your Worship, uh, I could put my name to the third reading of uh, bylaw 1963. All in favor of Councillor Needham's motion? Passed. Mr. Mayor, I have a question about all this now. Um, now? With, re <laughs> with respect to the information that we've uh, passed and so forth, um, is there a communication memo or something that's going to be drawn up for um, uh, taxpayers and other people? Perhaps you could make a motion to direct administration to develop a transmittal letter uh, regarding the... Uh, regarding the 2015 taxes. I so move. Uh, any, uh, any questions on that motion? Uh, all in favor? And I assume, Ms. Bench, you would take that other communications budget. Very good. Okay. Um, that then takes us to unfinished business, and I am pleased to call on Councillor Benke to discuss the Physician Recruitment and Retention Committee. Okay. So the Physician, Recru Physician Recruitment and Retention Committee um, draft terms of reference, we did um, tentatively, tentatively approve them, or I guess approve them in draft form, sorry, on January 5th. Um, since January 5th, we've gone out to the surrounding municipalities to gauge uh, interest and involvement in the committee, as well as uh, to get feedback on the draft terms of reference. So there were a few comments that came back. Um, 
primarily there was a request for clarification in terms of whether or not this was a committee of town council, Peace River Town Council, or if this was a committee um, that, um, I guess a regional committee that included town council. So the clarification that I provided was that our understanding was that we were sort of asked to spearhead it, so we were spearheading it, but that it would be a regional committee um, and that there would be consensus among participating municipalities in terms of um, including members at large. In other words, originally it said that the members at large would be appointed by the Town of Peace River Council. Uh, and of course, we've gone back and said, no, that would be ratified by the voting members of the committee. So the idea is that there's five, or the, sorry, there's 10 voting uh, members of the committee. Five are from um, municipalities. So the Town of Peace River has one rep. County of Northern Lights has one rep. Northern Sunrise County has one rep, MD of Peace has one rep, rep sorry, and uh, the Village of Napa has one rep. Uh, we did receive word today that Village of Napa does want to participate, so that's been confirmed. Uh, up until today, they hadn't made a final decision. And then there would be five representatives from the pub public at large, uh, and that would be based on community involvement. So the committee would determine individuals that would bring uh, value and merit to this committee and um, ask them to participate as well. In addition to the 10 voting members, we would have three non-voting members, one from the Peace River Primary Care Network, one from Alberta Health Services, the recruiter position, uh, and one from the Peace River Community Health or Associate Medical Clinic. Um, and they would be non-voting members. When I was putting this together, I was told that um, the capacity for those individuals is uh, very much... Um, information gathering as well as providing assistance and direction in terms of um, advice that they can give us and, and uh, you know how we should be proceeding and things like that. Um, the other thing that has come up um, that I'm not sure, because this is the first time I've done anything like this, I'm not totally sure when we would make this change, but the request was also that it not be solely a physician recruitment and retention committee, but that rather it would be a physician and or healthcare um, in healthcare professional recruitment and retention committee. Uh, so I guess we would need, I would need some direction as to um, if the committee can make that change or if that needs to be changed around this table. Um, so there is that. At this point, everybody has agreed. So we, we would like to um, uh, approve this and then we can set our first meeting. I'm guessing having read through the draft terms of reference, there are a couple more points that may come up with the committee. Um, for example, it says, uh, public at large members would be appointed to a two-year term and it says members may be reappointed by resolution of Town of Peace River Council and I'm guessing that's going to come up for clarification and probably uh, to be uh, addressed as well as we are looking at this as a regional committee and not a Town of Peace River committee. Right. Uh, and there was also a question that I had and I think it referred to the committee will follow the Town of Peace River's procedural bylaw number 1841 and I wasn't sure if that was just a technicality and we just use our bylaw for that um, if it's a regional committee or, or how we would address that. So that was the only question that I had coming up out of this. Any comments to that, Ms. Mitch, particularly the procedure bylaw? I, I thought other committees, I, I've seen that written down someplace else for other committees that they follow the bylaw. So, I mean, it may not come up as an issue, but I just wasn't sure if that was just something that we put in there just to provide a, a, a guideline for the for that or or uh, if that I mean I, I'm not sure that's going to be disputed it's just 
we did have some comment coming back saying, well, why does it say the Town of Peace River Council this, the Town of Peace River Council that, if it's a regional um, committee? So I just wanted to address those and so they weren't... that should be changed because okay. it is not a Town of Peace River committee. It's so then what, what, what would we replace that with? Or would it require its own procedural bylaw? It would. I can uh, draft something up for council at, at a future date. And the then would council every meeting. council would have to would have to ratify that procedural bylaw? I will take a look at it, and uh, it may be that the committee is a committee on its own. Okay. And then uh, the town would just provide members on that committee. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, yeah, that's. Um, that's primarily where we're at right now. There seems to be um, good excitement and uh, need or desire, I guess, to get this um, moving forward and, and uh, you know, starting the process of getting some healthcare professionals recruited and retained. <laughs> great. So, Deputy Mayor Manzer. I think it's a great idea, and thank you for doing all that work. Um, my question, though, has to do with um, the financing of the committee. So how so, would that work? Okay, so my understanding, and I guess um, um, CAO Bench can, can can correct me if I'm wrong, but that we've already budgeted for the expense of having uh, a member sit on the committee in the 2015 budget. Um, as for meeting expenses, um, there, that there was is an, money uh, in the budget to help with that process. And there are grants, I believe, that we can apply for as well for additional funding for um, promotional materials and that kind of thing. So my question is, if it's a regional um, committee, are regional partners also paying into the expenses of the committee? And I guess that would be one of our first items of business is to determine everybody's level of, of commitment. Uh, in that regard, but they they're responsible for their members' attendance. Um, if we look at the model that Grimshaw has taken in terms of their committee, um, there are some costs associated with it. So we will need to take a look at um, how we want to address that. But I guess my understanding was that that would be a decision made at the committee level and brought and brought back to the individual councils for um, ratification. So just to be a bit of a devil's advocate, um, the committee says, I think we should supply a house to uh, the new nurse practitioner that's coming to Peace River. Uh, the committee says that, and then it comes back to... It would come back to each individual council to be approved, or not approved, as the case may be. have to be in all... Everybody? Yeah, if it's a financial decision, I believe it would have to be... It would need to be addressed... Uh, during the budgeting process, or if it's already been budgeted, council would have to determine whether or not they choose to spend that money on that item. Just it would be a council decision. The each council would make its own decision based on a, or indicative of a level of, of, of participation in a particular item. That's right. Right. So if they want to buy a house and the town of Peace River says, oh, you go right ahead and we'll give you $5,000, then that's the town's contribution. If it doesn't work, then then it, the initiative would not move forward. So is the financial aspect kind of, I guess it is known here a little bit, right? Just for clarification, Your Worship, the terms of reference, uh, point number one under financial resources, it's clear that the committee is not authorized to expend funds without the approval of the member councils and organizations. So I take that as uh, there would have to be unanimous approval by all councils 
for any expenditure to occur. I could see it following the model of the uh, uh, economic development boards where everybody throws in a plot if they need. And the, they prepare a budget and it gets passed or not. The vision of the original airport committee was the same way. Uh, five municipalities would have to return to their councils. They would have to come back with five motions uh, approving such an expenditure, and then it would or would not go forward. And that, that's how I read these terms of reference. And just to clarify right now, the, the first rep is myself, and then the uh, alternate is Deputy Mayor uh, Manzer. And in the terms of reference, we have the reps listed all with the exception of Northern Sunrise County, who's yet to provide us with their names. I, I guess the final question, Your Worship, sorry, uh, the, Councillor Benke, you mentioned uh, other health care other healthcare professionals. Uh, CAO bench is going to do some potential amendments here, but were you suggesting that the title of this change in? Is that yeah, when I was mentioning it and just talking in the community about what we were trying to accomplish, actually it was at the rural health um, review that I attended. Um, it was made clear that this should not just be a physician recruitment and retention committee, that it should be a healthcare professional recruitment and retention because there's a need for, there's a, there's a huge need for physicians, but there's also a need for other healthcare professionals as well. So they wanted us to make sure we weren't limiting our scope. I appreciate there's been a lot of work in this, but this is a regional committee. Can't we just say it's a committee and let the committee develop their, and sign off in their own terms of reference? Why is the town of Peace River going to dictate to a regional committee? I, I mean, I, I think I would, I guess on a session, we the committee can use this as a base, but then... And I think that's what the, the intent was to, we were asked to spearhead this to get it going. So in order to get it going, we needed a terms of reference. So right. we basically said, we'll set up a draft terms of reference, we'll get the committee going, and then the committee, if they don't like it or they need to change it or amend it, they can. But we needed something to springboard from. So that's why we've done this. But yes, the committee would then, um, if they had issue or they needed to change something or add something, then they would make the recommendation and the councils would then ratify that decision. So we could just have a motion to establish the committee and leave it at that or uh, to I think we would, we, would, we would adopt the, the amended terms of reference and um, we would try to propose a first meeting. Okay. And at that point, then the committee would be formed and they would they would choose their chair and secretary and we can move on from there. Well, we should get going with this because we need to fill that uh, family care clinic. <laughs> so uh, so I guess I'd put a motion on the table, Your Worship, um, for council to adopt the amended terms of reference for the, uh, and I'll put it in as Physician Recruitment and Retention Committee because uh, it hasn't been amended otherwise, correct? Yeah. Um, as presented and... Um, on our part, establish the committee. Uh, all in favor of Councillor Benke's motion? Passed. So that takes us to, uh, well, uh, it takes us to the 2015 operating budget amendment, which we, uh, which we passed uh, earlier on in the meeting. And now we go to the CAO hiring process and Ms. Bench, you've done some research as follow-up to the Thursday special meeting. Okay. 
So council requested uh, on uh, the 23rd that administration research uh, executive search firms and um, we've done that and provided council with a list of uh, possible choices. So if council wants to review them uh, and give direction. Okay. Do people have more questions of uh, Ms. Bench? So some references have kind of been checked on these um, firms in terms of other councils using them. So what our HR department did was um, phone these firms and ask them uh, those specific questions that you see the answers to there, what their experience has been, what their costs would be, and uh, we have not done any uh, follow-up to get uh, references from other municipalities, but they come very highly recommended from uh, a consultant that was used uh, earlier. Mr. Sajak. In the uh, last one here, this Ravenhill group, you've got X number of qualified and Y number of days. Did those numbers get presented or no? No. No, we have not had a response from them answering those questions. So are if, you uh, rec recommending we make a decision on which firm right now or uh, certainly t the clock is ticking, so but you don't have all the information yet uh, or the rest. That would be council's decision whether or not you want to um, use these or use a different. Uh, the, the price range seems to be relatively close on all of them. Some have a better track record than others. But I think the intention was is we want to get an idea what it would cost to, to use, use a firm to start their good versus trying to do something internally myself and after seeing these numbers I I think we should select one of these and run with it or or go to proposals which it would take longer time so I think we'd rather just look at these and then on some basis select one and run or should you get proposed actual proposals so so the, it sounds like people are on board with getting a, an executive search firm uh, so they so is, are, are we agreed on that rather than uh, floating some trial balloons and doing our own advertising and seeing what 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 happens so are people on board with the the search firm just your worship if I may the one uh, the one concern that I do have um, with this with this whole process would be the um, putting our own advertising out there and I guess a good example of that I'd like to see this to be uh, very very clear and transparent to the public um, especially when it comes to um, let's say ourselves putting an ad in the paper and we get a response from an individual that might happen to be my neighbor and I have to make a decision on that so going with the firm I think would be our best option I did find it interesting here to look at the time frames that the agencies were giving. 
Um, there's, I mean, anywhere from uh, six to eight weeks, upwards of a year, um, to find a qualified candidate. Um, I guess the other thing I found interesting is the lowest cost individual had one of the lowest time frames, and I uh, wasn't sure. I guess that was relating back to reference checks as well to make sure that, um, I mean, the, the, based on what I'm seeing here in terms of, you know, they're a part of the Canadian Association of Municipal Administrators, and I mean, I'm sure they have excellent qualifications. I just want to make sure that, um, you know, we're looking we're looking at this with our eyes wide open in terms of a time frame. I, I don't think any of us want to be looking for a year, so... Um, I think that that's something to take into consideration. I, I would like to make a recommendation that we let the HR department uh, mull through these. You know, they're the ones that are experienced in this and let them decide and either come back at the next meeting with a, a selection for us to ratify or just authorize them to go ahead and pick one. The recommendation that was given to us was the first one on that list as being one of the... Um, um, one of the ones that has had most, the most success and have the widest reaching uh, ability to uh, find an executive of that uh, level of uh, position. So they've got the widest range of contacts. So is, is that a recommendation of administration then that we go with number one? put you on the spot I guess in terms of cost I would just uh, question if all the costs are referring to the same things because the last one looks like you would add on to that cost by quite a bit that's correct uh, for the most part on the ones on the first page they're all referring to basically the same thing now each one will have their own methods of doing things but for the most part, the result would be very similar. So I guess the assumption is is that the only one where we're paying over and above the fees, um, i.e. travel, accommodation, that kind of thing, is the final one. Everything else is an all-in cost? That's my understanding, okay. yes. Well, I guess my preference would be, too, that you know HR is the, the professional in this area and that they would provide us a recommendation um, on a firm to go, to go with in terms of this process. So if you could do that next week, I guess. Or, do you, or have you already decided? No, okay. So, so yeah. I was so nowhere. It was my decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's... Uh, uh, we we will get right. back with a recommendation for May 11th, if that's okay. Or did you want it sooner than that? Sooner, uh, if we the can. The 4th? Yeah, that's the next meeting we've got? Yes. Yeah. Is, so it, is that possible? Because that would be my preference. Yes, we'll do that. Okay, so I guess then I would put a motion. Are, are, oh. we, are we having a priorities and governance meeting? Uh, is, isn't this the fourth? You're having a council meeting on Monday. No, but on Wednesday or something. Isn't this the fourth week? <laughs> I think you're just being difficult right now. <laughs> um, I don't know if that needs an answer right now before I put a motion the on GMP, The GMP meeting's coming after this council meeting yeah, on the 4th. We'll, we'll deal with the GMP and the agenda at the end of this meeting. So, uh, so I guess, Your Worship, I'd put a motion on the table to direct administration to provide a recommendation to council regarding uh, an executive search firm 
for the purpose of filling the CAO position um, and to have that report to Council by the May 4th regular meeting of Council. Uh, yes. Well, I guess I have a comment. I mean, I think we should have a discussion what our expectations are. Like, I take from what Oren's comment earlier, he's expecting that Council wouldn't even interview the candidate, and I'm going, no, if we're hiring a CEO, that a portion of Council or Committee of Council would, would be part, part of interviews. What we would do is, with the recommendation, we will provide a terms of reference that would then be provided to whoever was chosen by council, and we'll give you one or two options to choose from with a recommendation to some, some go forward. And there would be a terms of reference that would be included with that, and at so that point, council could add to the terms of reference or delete from it, whichever you choose. So that would be stuff like whether we would want them to advertise locally, whether we want to stay within Alberta, whether they want would consider candidates from across the country or whatever. Yeah, it would have parts of that in and what, uh, how many um, shortlisted individuals you'd like to see and it, it, we'll provide that for you on Monday. Okay, great. Okay. No, thanks. Yeah, Councillor Burr, my biggest uh, concern um, with my comment was, um, and I do agree with uh, CAO Bench, that uh, um, if there is a candidate, candidate from town, that did apply for that that I would I would rather see that candidate go through the process and see the recommendations come from from that search firm rather than us making the decision ourselves on a local candidate okay but I'd like to see that local candidate be screened, uh, be and, screened and be recommended by the firm yeah. So, uh, Councillor Benke's motion is on the table. Uh, all in favor? Okay. So, um, we're motoring through this. Oh, my favorite planner is here. That must mean MMSA is up next to speak to the Peace River subdivision. Good evening. Good evening, Ms. Modi. So I'm here this evening to speak to proposed subdivision in the town of Peace River. Uh, this is a subdivision that would further the Peace Ridge Area Structure Plan. So this has been an application that was submitted to the subdivision authority quite a while ago. And we have been collecting reports and going back and forth with the, the developer. And now we've reached a uh, tentative plan that the town is comfortable with from an administrative perspective. So we've brought it forward to council for your review to give your feedback to the subdivision authority before they issue the decision. So the subdivision is part of phase one of the Peace Bridge Area Structure Plan. There are 50 manufactured home lots as part of it and three larger parcels that currently the intent would be row housing, an apartment, and some duplex or semi-detached development. We've received a number of reports from the developer in support of this application and the tentative plan has been amended accordingly to reflect their contents. The plan has also been reviewed by uh, community services, the protective services department, engineering and obviously parks and our planning and development and we are all comfortable with it. So I'll take any questions that you might have. I have a question your worship. On the plan that I'm assuming it's drawn to scale where 80th Street should come through Part of that is showing as environmental reserve. I, I guess, 
I'm working on the impression that once something is designated environmental reserve, it's very difficult to get it out of environmental reserve. So I'm hoping at some point in the future that would it be, it would extend that straight through. Therefore, I'm suggesting that those areas that are part of that extension should not be considered environmental reserve. Can I ask which plan you're referring to? <laughs> that one. Okay, so that is um, that's Could from. Could you show us? <laughs> <laughs> He's referring to the plan that is from the Peace Ridge Area Structure Plan. So that's what's in the area structure plan. Oh, it's one. done, and that one has sailed away. The boat has left the dock. What we're dealing with today <laughs> is the tentative plan, which is actually the it would be the last sheet of your of your file. And there's actually no environmental reserve in this stage because as of this point, we don't know the other boundary of the environmental reserve, like the, the south end of it. So none has been designated. In the current tentative plan uh, for subdivision today, we have PULs, so public utility lots, MR lots that deal with park space and trail access, and the residential lots plus road right-of-way. There is no... ER at this stage. Yeah, that, com that comes later then? It would come later, yes, okay. at a right. subsequent yeah. subdivision stage. Um, question, um, at what point again do um, the plans get to deal with the width of streets and sidewalks, tree planting, etc., yep. uh, particularly in the modular uh, subdivision area? Right. So that would come at the development agreement stage. Uh, the developer will be providing all those plans. As of right now, in the area structure plan and based on the plans that we've seen, which we have not accepted, but they provided us first a first cut of those plans, we are showing boulevards and sidewalks. Uh, I, I couldn't speak to the street width off the top of my head, but the intent is, I think, for a, a higher standard of development than has been up on the West Hill previously. Did the developer give you a uh, an estimate of the capital investment that he or she will have to? I don't have that. No. Okay. Mr. Mayor, I would move that um, we report to the McKenzie uh, Municipal Services Agency that Town of Peace Service supports the approval of this application. Straightforward motion, but uh, Mr. Needham would like to uh, make a comment. Uh, just to interrupt the process, one quick question. Uh, I don't, uh, to my knowledge, Peace River has never had a stormwater pond in our inventory. Uh, oh, there is one. Okay, so let me come back to the one before us. Um, so, who manages that stormwater pond? Once the infrastructure is installed, it is the town's infrastructure. So it's town infrastructure. That's right. Okay. Thank you. It's a fire retention pond. <laughs> you can call it what you want to call it. Um, I <laughs> Less need for hydrants. Less. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, a, a migratory body, body for pesty geese and birds, and who's going to look after that? But we'll, we'll deal with that later. And I'm thinking this must be something about riparian area that should come into play. <laughs> well, you have a motion on the table, don't you, <laughs> Deputy Mayor? 
All in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion, which was to, uh, which was basically the recommendation to, uh, to forward this on to, with our approval to MMSA. Um, we now go to uh, law and order, police officer grant funding agreement. Ms. Bench, are okay. you leading this? Yes. Uh, what you have before you is a request to council to authorize the mayor and CAO to sign the police officer grant funding agreement between the province of Alberta and the town of Peace River. We currently have an agreement with the province relating to funding for one police officer position under the police officer grant program. This, in, this agreement expired on March 31st. And in order to receive those funds, the town is required to enter into a new agreement. The new agreement would be for a three-year term beginning April 1st of 2015 and ending March 31st on 2018. The grant amount is $100,000 per year. So administration recommends that... Um, Council authorized the mayor and the CAO to execute the new police officer grant funding agreement between the province of Alberta and the town of Peace River for a three-year term beginning April 1st, 2015 and ending on March 31st, 2018. I'll make that motion, Your Worship. Okay, all in favor? I'm assuming nobody want to make comments on it. Uh, the next one is also a, uh, a, a, a police grant. Uh, this one's called Municipal Policing Assistance Grant, Assistance grant Funding. I lost mine. Uh, I can open this one up. And uh, this one is, so the issue was to request council to authorize the mayor and CAO to sign the Municipal Policing Assistance Grant Funding Agreement between the province of Alberta and the town of Peace River and uh, basically towns and cities with a population of from 5,666 6, receive a $200,000 base payment plus an additional $8 per capita which would work out to the town of Peace River uh, as 253,952 and uh, uh, I don't know why there's even an option to uh, refuse this particular grant, <laughs> but um, I'm assuming that, uh, uh, well, the recommendation is that administration recommends that council authorize the mayor and CAO to execute the new municipal policing assistant grant funding agreement between the province of Alberta and the town of Peace River for a term of three years beginning April 1st 2015 and ending on March 31st, 2018. There's just one correction. The population, there's a typo in the report. It should be 5,000 to 16,666 oh, okay. population. Yeah. <laughs> and if there is a census between April the 1st, 2015 and March 31st, 2018 and our population increases, uh, do we get extra funds? We do. Oh, okay. So the additional payment is based on a per capita amount. Did, did the mayor wish to ask if our population goes down? Do they take the money back? 
if our population goes down, we will refuse to answer any questions on that. Excellent suggestion. Okay. Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor that we uh, authorize the Mayor and the CAO to execute the new Municipal Policing Grant funding agreement between Alberta and the Town for a term of three years, uh, April 1st, 2015 to March 31st, 2018. Uh, all in favor of Councillor Nino's motion? That now takes us to item four under new business resolution of approving borrowing by the North Peace Housing Foundation. And did you, you wrote the briefing note on this, didn't you, Mr. Schramm? Do you want to speak to it or? Uh, or does Mr. Needham want to speak to it? You're our member on the North Peace Housing Foundation board. Well, I, uh, well, thanks, Your Worship. I, um, it, the, the motion is clear to me. Um, the North Peace Housing was looking for the support of the municipality to allow North Peace Housing to do debt financing for the Westview area. And um, the minister often requires uh, municipalities, member municipalities, uh, to provide that support because if North Peace Housing was to go to them directly, he would obviously ask that question. So um, it, it's a no-cost item. Uh, we're simply approving... Uh, approving a, uh, a a request of North Peace Housing so that North Peace Housing can go forward with debt financing. And they may do it through Alberta Treasury Branch. They may do it through Alberta Financial Services uh, um, Group, uh, or there may be some member municipalities. So they've, North Peace Housing's got a, a number of options. So that's the first question. Uh, the second question on here is uh, I, I would concur. Um, we're not in a position to to lend, uh, I understand, perhaps Alan can speak to this, we're not in a position to make that contribution. So it's two, two separate issues. Uh, I certainly agree with it. I, again, this is a critical step. There's the medical clinic, there's Rotary House, um, there's uh, the whole North Peace housing development is 40 plus million dollars. So uh, this is a small step, but it's lock-stepped into uh, the development in terms of uh, the infrastructure. This would be the infrastructure that would support potentially the medical clinic if that goes ahead. Rotary House is discussing construction this September, so that's the three million dollars. So uh, that's uh, that's the uh, that's the amount, and that's what's going to be supported. But really, all they're asking here is that this is a request that basically doesn't cost us anything. This is just. Will you support us? And uh, I would think that the answer to that would be yes. I, d I don't know why you would not support seniors in affordable housing. Um, perhaps Alan can clarify further. Uh, this request has come to councils uh, previously. I believe the last time was in 2008. Uh, the same same request, and, and council uh, supported the borrowing. Of North Peace Housing to go into debt for their, their projects, and also at that time there was a request for um, MSI money that went into lending. the court, and it was about seven hundred thousand dollars. But as far as lending goes, they, they also at that point um, declined to lend because they feel, as as I've made in my briefing note, that um, 
we, we're not in a position to lend that money for any length of time and due to the fact that we may have, um, you know, we need th those reserves for, for our, our own emergencies and therefore I'm recommending that we, that we don't uh, lend at this time. And uh, I'll direct this question to Councillor Needham. So the $3 million will be used for roads and sewer and helping construct the Shell Rotary House? It's, it's, no, it's just, it's just the infrastructure. So it would take it, if Alicia was in the room, she could perhaps, it would be an extension from the garden court in a southerly direction and loop around uh, to to the to the road in the back where a 475 water treatment plant. So so that money, uh, Northeast Housing, what what they will do is complete the sidewalk on either side, curb, gutter, and and then allow uh, like that infrastructure needs to be in place for Northeast Housing uh, Rotary House to go ahead. It needs to be in place for the medical clinic if if it goes ahead. Uh, it also needs to be in place for. Um, the back lots, the council will remember the plan that was presented here some time ago, or maybe it was in a briefing. There's, there's three lots in the back that will be sold. Uh, so again, if the infrastructure is in place, obviously there'll be a retail, uh, retail market for those lots. Uh, if the medical clinic wants two more lots, uh, it's, that is yet to be decided, but there would be the sale of those lots, which would be revenue generation. The private ones, and then where the condos are, and those are valued. The land is ninety-five thousand. So when you just, I'm wait, I'm taking up a lot of time here, Your Worship. But I guess what I'm driving at is when North Peace Housing goes ahead with this, the money that they will be able to recoup through the sale of those lots and the condos will certainly pay for a big part of that three million dollars. So uh, that's the thinking at the North Peace Housing uh, table. Did that? Come close to answering your question. Right, I think I think it did. So you uh, you mentioned three million, but earlier you mentioned forty million. So you're saying yes. that three million dollars worth of infrastructure, roads, sewer, sidewalk, hopefully some lampposts. Well, uh, well, it's well, it, it's you know we well, and 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 as council will remember that we had a discussion at this table here uh, three weeks ago about a shortage of green space. So there is now an amended formula which Ms. Modi presented and it captures uh, a little more green space on one of the lots. Uh, the 40 million is the garden court project is 63 units. It's worth $11 million, not five. And, uh, <laughs> and the proposed seniors uh, facility in the back, which would be 2018, would be in the neighborhood of about thirty million dollars. So uh, there, that, that's the that's the lodge facility. So again, and this infrastructure would again complete the whole subdivision. So uh, it's a small piece. Um, it so allows a bunch of other things to go ahead. We recover. So <coughs> what you're saying, a three million dollar investment um, by North Peace Housing may very well uh, should it come to fruition. Uh, result in a forty to fifty million dollar uh, e yeah, e e easily and it's investment in, in right. this community and we're not and the and again the housing and the, and the town is not we're like there's no there's there's no well there's there's a motion here to support them but I'm suggesting we not support them uh, as administration but I mean the first the first ask is that we simply 
demonstrate our support uh, for a project. And I think it's critical as well because uh, the provincial government agencies look at these things, and it's if if the region comes behind these things, uh, it's a demonstration that we're working together, not fighting amongst ourselves. And uh, that demonstration is to advance uh, affordable housing options for seniors and uh, and families. And uh, I guess philosophically, I, I don't see why we wouldn't support that. I, matter of fact, I don't see why any municipality wouldn't support it. Uh, I don't know if I could say much more. The uh, uh, the, we did have a uh, North Peace Housing Retreat uh, this past weekend. We did speak about the Westview project. Uh, I would think it's fair to say that there's unanimous support for the project amongst the member municipalities. And uh, the date that we put on it was uh, 20 uh, September of 2017. So you could you could see this development uh, occur very quickly if provincial budgets uh, line up. So again, um, I, this is a first step. I would put a recommendation on the floor that we uh, pass a motion supporting North Peace Housing to use uh, debt financing uh, would be my first motion. Uh, my second motion would be to decline our uh, ability to help them. So your motion is to uh, uh, is is the administration's recommendation. Yes, and, and again, uh, the cost to the municipality is a postage stamp. Um, really nothing, no cost to this. Councillor Binky? So the question that I've got, and I agree, I'm not sure why we wouldn't support the financing. I guess my question is, is why do they need our approval? And I guess my, I guess why I'm asking that is, is there a, li a, a liability to the town if there's a, a default issue or something of that nature? Like, I'm just not sure why they require our permission to borrow so money. So the, the only reason uh, they require it is if we go to Alberta Treasury Branch, we need the minister's uh, permission to do so, and the minister will ask, do you have authorization from municipalities? So what we're trying to do is work one step ahead and ask. Uh, this, so this re request has went to all uh, 12 municipalities. Okay, so it's not a live. It doesn't put the town in a liability position no. if well, there's an issue. Absolutely not, from my perspective. Uh, again, this is an administrative step, and we're just working ahead. But I would uh, welcome other um, other comments. I guess they are a requisitioning body. So if their debt financing costs rise too high, then the town the requisition to the town could potentially increase, and there, that would be the oh, okay. only drawback. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I guess I was thinking more if there was a, a default on it, would the town be responsible for, I guess, picking that up or taking... If they defaulted, and I'm not sure of the bylaws and, and the um, legislation, but I would say that there would be a portion that we may... portion that we may be liable for, but because they're requisite, requisitioning body. Theoretically, they shouldn't theoretically end up in that position. They would never end up in that position. Okay. They would just requisition enough money to cover to it. Okay. All right. Thanks. A um, couple points. Um, one, if they default, can't they only requisition for lodges? Yeah. So, um, second of all, um, under the present... The answer to your question, so... He, he nodded his head, yes. Right. I'm assuming he, that was the nod. Yeah, the, yeah. North Peace Housing is a 
creation of this council and 11 other ones, there's, a, there's an act. Uh, they have requisitioning ability to requisition money, and uh, it's, they're no, they have the same power we do. Uh, and, of course, it's to support affordable housing and seniors housing. So, yes, it's, we have requisitioning uh, power. There's no, uh, yes. Second but question. That wasn't the question. The no. question was, they can all, your, your yeah, yeah, no, they, question you, was, they you can, can only requisition for lodges. That, that, that's right. So as an example, just to follow up on that, if I could, you can only requisition for lodges. So the new 120-unit facility that's being proposed would be funded 50% by the provincial government. So the government would, and then the balance, we would requisition. That's the, that's the potential. Garden Court is has got no money from, well, Town of Peace River gave MSI money, and I'm, I'm not clear of the amount, but it's back to Don Good's days when he was chairman. So so they, they put money into that, but that there was no requisition money in, into Garden Court. So that's the difference. It's uh, it's an affordable senior's apartment. It's not, not a launch facility. Thank you. So my second question, um, if the new uh, lodge gets built and whatnot, under the present um, scenario where the government took back money or took back the grant in lieu, is is that new lodge, would we get taxes from it? <laughs> the, the, the way I understand it, the answer would be, would be would not be good um, so um, you know and, and again that's I, I think there's a seems to me I saw some briefing notes on a desire of municipalities to begin to lobby our provincial uh, our provincial ministers uh, to have them reconsider that item because it's not just us it's everybody else so uh, no it would be uh, it, it would be a problem. Uh, it, However, but it we, would be a problem that it, we, it, all it, the communities face. Yeah, no, for sure. And and you know, and if it if it doesn't, I mean, it's going to come back in the cost of those buildings and in requisition. So that's that. You know, you're going to end up paying. So we would get taxes though on the condos or whatever else is built. Yeah, well, so that the twelve condos would be uh, the vision. There is that. Uh, those would be sold, and uh, those would be private title lots. So that's um, sort of a number of balls in the air here. So uh, the, the three lots at the back would be sold. We would th those would be tax rolls. The condo would be tax roll as well. Um, so, and we would have more people in this community. We we would we would we would have we would have more people. Just. Um, I'll, I'll end there, Your Worship. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions of Mr. Needham or, or uh, administrative staff? i just curious. If we had money, actually had money in the ARENA fund, we could dip into that because that money would come back or could be arranged to come back before we're going to need it. Like, we're not going to be building an ARENA before these guys would be finished and done with that, right? He's talking I, 15 years in his note. No, the... Well, I, well, just, yeah, so on that topic, uh, you, um, Your Worship, so a number of municipalities have lent North Peace Housing uh, money in the past, and, um, yeah, you know, the Clear Hills County, a rural county way to the west of us has lent us money, and it's, I, I believe they're getting 4%, so it's a good rate of return. 
the term is stretched out, but they have the ability to do it. Uh, we did talk about this at our meeting on the weekend, and uh, I think we would certainly be negotiable, and the number that was thrown out was a five-year term. Now, um, I still think that the motion before us is the right one, but just to clarify, uh, North Peace Housing was, uh, w would consider a negotiable term. Uh, just on Ms. Councillor Burr's question slash comment, I believe that we as a council, our intention is to make the, uh, the arena recreational complex uh, funding a, in a dedicated reserve, almost like a recreational levy, so that it doesn't go into general revenues and then people think that they can pick away at it for their own pet projects. Uh, and likewise, if the arena recreational complex didn't get built because it would be a recreational uh, levy, it would then be it would then be returned to the taxpayer. If that arena I, I, slash recreational complex. I, 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 I guess maybe your worship, um, just to clarify, I, I think um, there are many municipalities that have got the capacity to do this, so they view the our number two suggested recommendation. They they view that as a as an investment opportunity. They don't view it as a as a burden, um, they, they they like the rate of return. Um, they like the term, and it works with their. So, so it, it's. Um, I, I think in our situation, it would be difficult for us to do that. But again, um, some municipalities think it's an investment opportunity. I think our situation is a little different. Well, if we can get three or four percent, as opposed to two. Well, I'm not sure. What do we get now on our one or two percent? Three. So it's an extra 1%. I mean, it all helps, right? So anyway, but we don't have the money anyway, so. But perhaps you have the money. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, do you I, have a motion on I, the I, table? I, I, I yeah. did, Your Worship. I can try it one more time. I would. No, I, I think your, your, uh, your motion was to adopt administration's recommendation. Uh, any further questions of, Ms. of staff or uh, Mr. Needham? Hearing none, I'll call, call for a vote on Councillor Needham's motion. All in favor? Excellent. Uh, that's passed, by the way, for those people out in podcast land. Uh, that will uh, take us to neighborhood renewal policy and uh, Renee Bench. Director of Corporate Services will be leading the discussion on this. So Council has committed to providing predictable and stable funding to address the town's infrastructure deficit through a dedicated property tax of 0.5 mil on all non-residential and 1 mil on all residential properties. The policy that's before you provides guidelines for the implementation of a long-term strategic approach to renewing the roads and uh, infrastructure in the Town of Peace River neighborhoods. So the recommendation is that uh, Council adopt the Neighborhood Renewal Program policy. Um, my recollection, and, and we don't need, I think it's important just to get the policy out there, but I... Um, and maybe we do want to be a bit flexible on this. But when we had talked about it, it was to match 
$1 of neighborhood renewal money from the ratepayer with $2 of MSI money. But perhaps we, uh, I don't know if we want to put that into the policy or whether we want to build some flexibility for us in, uh, on that. That's Council's decision once the project is brought forward. The funding, the MSI money is town funding. So if you look on page one, it says renewal work will vary depending on the state of neighborhood infrastructure. The following projects will be funded 100% by the town. So at that point, the 100% can be made up of different components. So you could put the MSI funding in at that point if that's council's decision. Right, but the idea was that for every dollar the taxpayer puts in, we were MSI yeah. matches it. Because we were sort of looking dollars. at our funding and then picking our projects. At least that's how we kind of looked at it this year. So I'm thinking with the mayor's comments, what we're looking at is if we put that in there, then you know what your funding is prior to identifying the projects and not the other way around. And I don't know if that was the intent yeah, of this. That but was the intent, yeah. And it somehow also filtered in to the phasing of the proposed infrastructure long-term plan. So it's basically what you're asking for is a 50-50 split between MSI and operating? No? One-third, two-thirds, I'm sorry. No, is, do people still want to pursue that? I like the idea. My, I guess my only concern is if MSI grant monies are in jeopardy, are there other areas that MSI monies would qualify for in the town that we might be taking away from if we commit to a one-third, two-third? Like, I, I think we need to put that in there because we need to have some kind of a, of a guideline and, and we want to make sure that, you know, if you're bringing in a million dollars, people are getting more bang for their buck, which was the idea of, of matching it. But I guess I'm a little concerned if we commit to a one-third, two-thirds, that um, if we have other things and we run short on funds because MSI gets scaled back, that we're committed to that when we should maybe there's an emergent issue that needs MSI money more than a paving project or a... Well, technically, I, I guess we can amend the policy if we run into an emergency situation here. It, the policy is is meant to provide you guidelines and, and guide your decision making, but if there's an emergency situation, you you, you got to do what you have to do. I think. Or uh, seems like you're not comfortable with this. Well, no, no. I'm just looking at the wording here when it says 100% funded by the town. That could be made up of. Uh, yeah, no, I know, but I think what the mayor was, why we wanted to put some type of a parameter around that was so that we kind of knew what the funding was to dictate the projects rather than the projects dictating the funding. I think the one, yeah, the 100% I think applied to the roads, water, sewer upgrades, standard light post, but then on the next page there was other things that came from other sources. Right, those projects are cons would be considered the non-priority projects that uh, would be local improvement and would be split between the uh, individual or the homeowners or property owners that are most affected by them rather than the town at large. 
And, it, and I think one reason why we wanted to put the MSI funding in there, $2 from MSI to every dollar uh, that the taxpayer contributes under the neighborhood renewal, is that MSI money, municipal sustainable infrastructure money, actually goes to infrastructure. Like, it, it's, it's there for the neighborhood. It's there for the average citizen. It's there to address... Uh, deteriorating infrastructure. Would that be for the priority projects as on page yeah. one? So I think you could actually put uh, where you say 100% by town, you would put uh, one, $1 uh, of tax, in brackets, $1 of taxpayer or $2 of MSI money or $1 of taxpayer money is matched by two dollars of MSI money, or some more lucid uh, wording. <laughs> I, I guess I agree with that concept because then MSI money doesn't go to other projects like the ski hill and other kind of stuff that may not deal with this infrastructure stuff. Which I think, you know, this, this town is behind the eight ball, and we need to we need to start dealing with some of the stuff. Um, two to one dollars. I believe our MSI total last year is what one point. What was it? One point five or one point six million? Oh. <laughs> no, that can't be right. Is it? Right. So if you're giving two to one, we we pull in about eight hundred and sixty thousand for neighborhood renewal. If we go to two to one, then we're going to have to find uh, one point six million dollars worth of MSI. My number, if my memory is serving me correctly, we... Um, well, we did it this year, didn't we? We didn't do it this way this year. We didn't do it that way? No. You put gas tax money in there instead? At a uh, director's meeting, that's we went through the funding and it was allocated around, yeah. Don't we have sort of two years of neighborhood yeah. this year? Like, and maybe that's where the total came from? The expected infrastructure okay. renewal that we're going to get this year is going to be about 860. Okay, why, why don't we go with the policy as it's written now, and then at a governance and priorities committee, we'll hash it out. <laughs> <laughs> so May 5th uh, next week is our first neighborhood meeting where we're talking about this with yeah. residents. Well, I, I think we, we'll still we'll still give them the concept, and and that the idea is to match match every dollar they put in with either uh, with a dollar from provincial funding or perhaps even two dollars from provincial funding and really address the infrastructure deficit in this community particularly where people live and play we'll look into what the uh, implications are of that and we'll get back to council on Monday night with that and I'd, I'd like to see us tighten up the non-priority project, what that means. I, I, think, I think I understand, but in five years, I wouldn't. And then you get into, like, is this paving of a street that wasn't previous, previously paid? I think that would fall into that category, which I don't see that wording coming. I know that's what we're trying to get at. You know, again, if some neighborhood decides they want fancy light poles, you know, the town will look at cost sharing on a 50-50 basis. 
It doesn't say that we'll cost share. It says it will be by local improvement. So local improvement could be 100% local improvement or any, um, yeah. Although having said that, we've adopted this, the, the concept from the city of Edmonton and, and their idea with sidewalks and decorated street lighting was a 50-50 split, but we can, uh, let's discuss that at a yeah. planning and priorities but, or governance. So should we actually move this into policy already or should we work out some of these details yet? I think we should discuss it further. At the Those decisions, how you split it, could be discussed at a budget meeting as well. How you, while looking at the overall budget, you would look at how you would uh, fund these projects. And you could make your decisions at that point with the whole picture in front of you rather than commit to something that uh, may not work come budget time. It's not like this is going to guide any decisions right now. It'll guide decisions next budget time. So we've got time to, to figure it out, figure out the details. Do we need this prior to our May 6th meeting? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's adopt it, and if we need to uh, tweak it, uh, tweak it, we'll we'll do that. Is there somebody willing to make a motion on this one? Well, <laughs> I, I move that um, we adopt the neighborhood renewal program policy as presented. Uh, all in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion? Against? Okay. I'd rather details worked out. Okay. Uh, nonetheless, it's passed. Uh, Knights of Columbus are requesting a uh, donation for their silent auction. I think this should be fairly straightforward. Your Worship, in the interest of time, uh, I would put a motion on the table to provide the Knights of Columbus. Uh, I believe we've done framed peace river prints in the past. Yes. And I th I'm assuming the value was somewhere around $500. We can do that, but I don't know if we have one available, and the time frame is fairly short. Okay, well, do we have, what do we have available? Can we do something in the 250 range then, or? I can check with the museum to see what they have readily available. So okay. if you give us a price range, then we'll find something. Okay, well, um, I guess in that regard, then I would like to um, put a motion on the table to provide a silent auction item to the Knights of Columbus um, in the amount of $500. Uh, I'm just going to call for a vote on that. All in favor? Passed. Uh, City of Grand Prairie, uh, 2015 Fostering Diverse Community Conference. And uh, I don't know if you want to lead the discussion on this in the interest of time, Councillor Banky. Oh, perhaps not. Perhaps somebody else will take up the challenge. Ah, oh, Ms. Alexa. Uh, no, thank you. I don't want to leave the, the discussion. I just want to provide extra information. I did receive a phone call this morning, and the uh, the tickets without any sponsorships are $175 per person. And that one sponsorship that said 100 to 499, it's basically open. That's the range. So, if council wishes to sponsor, 
they can go that way. But having said it, uh, your the administration would recommended that council be enabled to attend the 2015 Fostering Diverse Communities Conference April 30th to May 1st, 2015, and not sponsor the conference. So was there anyone that was intending to go to this? So perhaps a motion to accept for information? I would put a motion on the table to accept this for information. All in favor? Uh, the minutes of the March 23rd, 2015 regular meeting of council, uh, an amendment. And I, uh, I understand that we um, uh, misspelt the name of a snow angel. And hopefully we'll be forgiven before we approach the gates of St. Peter. Uh, but uh, you had, uh, it should have been Sheila Beckley, and um, it was Miss... Um, it was Shirley. It was Becker. Shirley Becker, and it right. should have been she. Sheila Beckley. Beckley. Right. This this name was actually not on the uh, request for decision when it was provided to us, um, and it was either spoken or I think it was added during the presentation, and that was the name that I caught off of the uh, podcast. So mm -hmm. I sincerely apologize to Mrs. Beckley, but I got it right this time. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, a motion? I'll make that motion, Your Worship. So, all in favor of Councillor Ford's motion? Um, that takes us to the Airport Roofing Tender Award. We should have had you up earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you have a vested interest in neighborhood renewal program. I do. Um, what you have in front of you is a request for the award of the contract for the uh, Peace River Airport roof replacement or upgrade. And we received six quotes or six, six quotes and also in front of you is a letter of recommendation from all Peace Roof Inspections um, recommending that Council award or accept the tender of Triumph Roofing and Sheet Metal for $304,500. Oops, there's a typo there, sorry. It's supposed to be on the Triumph Roofing. At, below the paragraph, it should be 304500 and in conjunction with that tender amount, included is the all-piece inspection services of 32000 Nick's mechanical of 70, approximately 8000 which would be to move the refrigeration units off and gas line, temporary gas lines and such. Um, also, it was brought forward today that we are also required to replace, remove and replace NAB Canada equipment. So that entails the NAB Canada people coming to Peace River and realigning and refocus or putting in the right direction and lining everything up. And then I've also placed a contingency of 2.5% for 
incidental so that I haven't brought forward. So all in all, I'm asking for, with the $500 error that I made, I'm asking for up to $362,060, which still brings us a cost savings from the budgeted amount of $62,940 from, from what was placed in the capital budget. Okay, great. Questions? Nobody has questions. Everyone's itching to, uh, to vote on a motion that saves us money. So maybe I'll entertain a motion. I'll make that motion, Worship, that we accept uh, the administration's recommendation to award the contract at the airport roof upgrade to Triumph Roofing and Sheet Metal for 304000 with associated uh, supplemental cost so of 34500 Yeah. Okay. 304500 Okay. Uh, and the associated cost of $57,560. Up to a maximum of three hundred sixty-one thousand five sixty. No, three hundred sixty-two thousand dollars and sixty cents. Okay, sixty dollars. Do you have that, Ms. Alexa? Uh, yeah. The, the, the actual. Three hundred and four point five and three hundred sixty-two. Three hundred and thousand and sixty dollars okay, thank you. Uh, all in favor of councillor burr's motion sorry absolutely but what a deal <laughs> um what well, we'll oh you got one more oh, oh oh i see yeah right sorry I forgot. So, you, uh, Ms. Adams, you're going to uh, speak to the pump two at lift station three. Yes. Um, earlier, a week or so ago, the pump uh, lift station three, or pump two is what it's referred to, ceased to, uh, to work, and they sent it out to Grand Prairie for a, um, a quote to rewind it. We received the quote back. And today, or it was, it was given to me today, for the amount of $27,214.26. In the same quote, it shows that to buy a new one is $32,070 approximately. It is, I would like council to give direction to purchase a new pump for that, for that lift station, rather than spend $27,000 on a 25-year-old pump. Okay. And lift station three, again, is where? Lift station three is at the north end of Peace River, or the downstream end of And this year we're, we're fixing lift station one? Yes. Um, okay, I would put a motion forward that um, 
administration be directed to purchase a new pump for lift station three for up to $32,070.56 with associated shipping and electrical hookup fees and monies to be funded from the wastewater reserve fund. I don't see anybody wanting to ask any further questions, so I'll uh, call for a vote on this. I'll ask a question, Your Worship. Um, have we, are you able to tell us who you sent the pump to in Grand Prairie? Yes, it's in, it's attached. Is it G Grand Prairie Rewind? Oh, GPR. Yeah. And the second question, have we ever looked at some of our local people? There is no local people. That's These the size pump of pump. Oh, okay. These, these pumps have to be sent out, and the next closest is Edmonton. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And the reason that I'm asking for up to is, as per this quote, I still want to um, look at looking at other quotes and that may be lower, but for sure we're going to get a pump for this price. Three, three quotes. How many horsepower is this pump? Oh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I didn't want it's, to It's stop a 35 you. horsepower. How many? Yes? 35. Oh, okay. And its sure. RPM is 1165, and the voltage is 600. Wow. So you're just replacing not just the motor, you're replacing the motor and the pump then, like it's a unit? It's the whole unit, yes. Okay. I won't lie, ask you about your lockout <laughs> procedures on a 600-volt pump. We actually have a procedure. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, I yes. sure hope so. From a liability point of view. Okay, uh, all in favor of Deputy Mayor Manzer's motion. Passed. Thank you. And that takes us to reports, check registry, April 22nd, 2015. Uh, that, that has nothing to do with you, right? Okay. Oh, do, you, do you have another one? Tell me. Um, it's just the information in case you have any questions about the solar removal power as you saw it from the Okay. So um, check registry. Who would? Um, uh, are there any questions of administration regarding the check registry? Just in terms of the taxi pass, I mean, the t first few things I think, those numbers seem to be going up. Is the overall usage going up, so those costs are increasing, or is it just they've saved up a bunch, and so we're seeing a, a larger amount? I don't know the answer, but I will find out. Okay, thank you. Mr. Mayor, I would move that we uh, accept the check register as uh, <coughs> presented. Are you trying to get out of here early, Deputy Mayor Manser? Uh Not me, no. Oh, all in favor of Deputy Mayor Manser is like. That takes us to uh, Councillor's reports. Um, and um, do you have these, the schedule? So uh, this past week... Um, there was so this, so.
so uh, we've actually had basically two weeks since the regular meeting of council. Um, and during that time, there was the, uh, on Tuesday, um, April the 21st, uh, there was the uh, fire services agreement meeting with the County of Northern Lights. And I will speak in more detail to that. Uh, there was also the uh, on the Thursday, there was a Peace River Waste Management com uh, Company board meeting, um, a special meeting of council on the 23rd as well as the 20th, I believe. And uh, on Saturday, on uh, Friday, council had a budget seminar with Harold Johnsrud, and uh, the Songrise concert was on Saturday, to which council members were invited. So are there any other, uh, Deputy Mayor Manser, are there, were there any other meetings that you feel that we need to note on there that perhaps you attended and no one else did? I attended on May, April 17th the MMSA general board meeting. And on the 22nd, I attended the um, watershed or water alliance meeting in Spirit River. Well, what day was that? The 22nd. And there was a CEC meeting for Northern Lakes College on sometime here. I went to it. Uh, Thursday, the 23rd. And there was also an MPC meeting on Thursday, the 23rd. That's it, I think. So the Northern Lakes College uh, meeting was uh, Thursday, 23rd, and you said there was another one as well that you attended? Municipal Planning Commission. Municipal Planning Commission, okay. Okay, great. Are there any uh, details that we should be aware of coming out of those meetings that you attended, Deputy Mayor? The uh, Northern Lakes College is having their annual regional CEC meeting here in Peace River, evening of the 13th, uh, May 13th, and May 14th. The watershed uh, group is having their annual general meeting on uh, May 22nd in Fairview. And that's really about it. Uh, Ms. Benke, are there any other meetings that we should have? Uh, the only one I had last week that wasn't already mentioned was um, on the 23rd. There was a quick airport meeting uh, that myself and Councilor Needham and CAO Bench and uh, Dave this, Bellows attended. Right, this was with airport staff. Yeah, airport staff, yeah. Oh, and the today um, Deputy Mayor Manzer and I attended um, a presentation to the TA Norris grade 5 and 6 class. Oh. And they had all sorts of questions. They were very engaged. It was actually very encouraging. They might, they might be sending us a question or two to answer. <laughs> they stump you on any? So, Mr. Sachek. The only meeting that I attended that wasn't already mentioned was on the 21st. I attended the uh, MD-135 Gravel uh, Advisory Committee uh, session, 
and it was uh, the second meeting. These guys meet about three or four times a year. And when was that? Uh, Tuesday the 21st. Okay. Uh, and the meeting basically covered uh, reviewing their terms of reference and finalizing that um, that were brought forward at the first meeting. So uh, finalized that. Went over the uh, gravel operators' um, plans for the summer and upcoming season. So they each gave a, an update on where they were and what they were doing. Uh, quite interesting, actually. And uh, they're looking at actually setting up a tour for people like myself that aren't actually in the business but are on the committee so they could go to the uh, couple of the pits while they're in operations and see their see what they do. So, Hard hat, steel-toed boots. You bet, man. Okay. And I will uh, just comment on the... Uh, the Fire uh, Services Advisory Committee in, uh, in the County of Northern Light offices and um, the uh, uh, um, the County of Northern Light Lights asked us to uh, to uh, keep the fourth position, which is the non-call position. Their estimated. Uh, keep that active. Um, their estimate was that would cost approximately $35,000 per annum. And uh, follow up on that suggested that, although it isn't official, that uh, Fire Chief Bushy will find that in the existing budget. That was my understanding. Uh, along with that, they uh, they will go back to their council and uh, speak to uh, the need for uh, fire responders to have EMT and EMR training. And they did. Uh, we we put forward the argument that since uh, every fire response is is associated with an ambulance going out there and there probably wasn't a critical need to have the fire responders trained up to EMT and EMR and they were going to take that back to their council. Was that other people's understanding? Yes, pretty much, Your Worship. The one other concern that uh, that did um, come up were, were the, uh, the, the members that were already previously trained that have their EMT and EMR. Um, one of the concerns was um, practicing or, or practicing those skills at a fire practice, which Chief Bushy is going to put back into his training schedule. So it's not that we're teaching EMT, but we're practicing the skills we've already learned. Okay. So, um, uh, and uh, along those lines... I don't think you could tell us about the daycare photo opportunity you did on the 23rd because the uh, rest yes. of us left. And uh, shortly after the special meeting of council, uh, I, I attended the daycare session and, uh, and you guys had all disappeared, but the county of uh, Northern Sunrise County remained there. And I had a photo op with pretty well all of Northern... Uh, Northern Sunrise County's uh,
Council and uh, the, the daycare center um, sent us a, a little note here. Town of Peace River, thank you for your ongoing support. Always appreciated. Jan uh, Jeanette Danks, uh, Peace River Child Care Association president. So um, we can enter that into the record. And they uh, look to be on track to... Uh, to rebuild their facility with twice the space. Was there a deadline? Was there a, a date on that? Well, I think the date they've been putting out there is early January, but I think they're probably going to come up with a somewhat amended timeline. I think they don't know for sure if they're going to hit that, but they're working hard to get as close to that as possible. And then we, uh, we had a budget seminar with Harold Johnsarud. Uh, who's an expert in municipal budgeting. And uh, I think all of council found that valuable, as did the directors and uh, Elaine Manzer in particular, as she will be uh, coming up with a three-year budget. Uh, it's going for, to be a good budget. <laughs> for the town of Peace River. And uh, the Peace River uh, Waste Management Company had a board <laughs> meeting. And uh, I should advise people that there will be, uh, there are some, let's call them expansion plans. There is a need, uh, they're running out of space. So there are a number of expansion options that are on the table, um, including one to move to the green zone. Um, and there are others to uh, purchase adjacent, adjacent pro property. Right now, they're doing some public consultation, and there will be a session tomorrow from, uh, I think technically you can go there at 5 o'clock, but um, the, the presentations and question and answer period will start around 7.30 in the evening and go to 8.30, 9 o'clock, and it will be moderated by Dave Van Tamlin, uh, who's well known to many of you. And that's, that will be held at McKinney Hall for the Northern, Northern Sunrise County. And there will be a similar session with a similar schedule held the uh, – and that, well, that one will be on Tuesday. Like the, the McKinney Hall will be tomorrow. And the one on Wednesday will be in Nampa at the Senior Center. And it will follow the same schedule. And that will also be consultation and involve a question and answer session. Um, and uh, since I'm on a roll here, um, I can stop now. Okay. Councillor uh, Ford, were there any other meetings that you want to... Yes, Your Worship. I attended the Community Services Board meeting on the 22nd and also the RCMP Community Advisory uh, committee meeting on the 15th. Uh, coming out of the uh, RCMP meeting on the 15th, um, the RCMP have asked to pass along to the, uh, the general public. Um, they're targeting speeding this month. Um, just reminding everybody to slow down because speed does kill. Uh, the second thing coming out of that meeting is they have made three arrests um, in regards to stolen property as well as vehicles. And they like to remind the public to, while you're parking your vehicles overnight, please make sure that your vehicles are locked, the keys are removed, and you do not leave valuables in your vehicles. Uh, there tends to be uh, 
some groups of people wandering around going from door handle to door handle and and that kind of tends to leave an invitation if you leave stuff in your vehicle so that was all I had okay are they speeding are they targeting speeding in the town of Peace River I thought we already we've been doing that they're talking general generally across the province Councilor Byrne nothing Councilor Needham uh, you already mentioned the North Peace Housing Retreat that you attended this weekend. Okay, very good. Um, that takes us to the information session uh, section of the agenda. We have uh, Protective Services filed a March 2015 events report. Um, uh, can, Deputy Mayor Manser, would you like to highlight something in there or have um, questions? Just a question. It says under the bylaw section, um, as per the CAO's direction, 350 tickets were given to the airport for parking enforcement. Um, does that mean they're enforcing parking at the airport? Or what does it mean? Actually, I heard some comments about that myself, that there, there was some tickets issued. Um, um, also, um, coming out of, uh, it came from the community services board meeting um, the other night. Was to, uh, and they were going to talk to CAO uh, Bench in regards to proper signage or possibly par- proper signage in the parking lot at the airport, as it's not clearly visible in regards to parking. Um, so if there's no further questions on that or comments, uh, Town of Peace River 2014 annual reporting extension request. This uh, has to do with the financial audit uh, that the province requires of every municipality. There is a deadline date, uh, but uh, with the shortage of qualified auditors, um, uh, there is a, a provision to... Uh, to request an extension and uh, this is the extension we haven't got a feedback but we don't expect it to be <laughs> refused do we we also yeah. don't refuse it uh, Alberta Environment and Sustainable Resource Development Al- Alberta Community Resi- Resilience Program grant funding uh, are there any <laughs> questions or comments regarding that one Not specifically in that, but I attended a, with my day job, I attended a conference where there was a set suggestion that the fed, feds had some sort of flooding mitigation funding. Is that something that administration ch- chase, could chase down or should I? So could you well, at this conference, one of the speakers there was from Vancouver, talked about the feds recently announcing some sort of flood mitigation program. So I'm not sure. I didn't get a lot of details. She from what, what she was hinting at, that everyone there should write the federal government and say you need more money in that pot. But again, there is there is a pot there with money money in it. I don't know whether it's worth trying to chase it if it's a very limited budget. But We'll look into that. Okay, thank you. But in this letter, uh, the province noted that they have approved us for funding in the amount of 2.2, well, let's call it $2.3 million for the uh, Pat's Creek uh, uh, rehabilitation program and uh, 
Alberta Transportation also sent us a letter um, just advising us that they've transferred $2 million to us to allow us to proceed with the re relocation of the sewer and water lines um, on, the, on the West Hill. Uh, we very much appreciate that. Um, Your Worship? Yes. Are those projects rolling then? Are we uh, engineering on those things happening? Yeah. Perfect. Which one? Yeah, West Hill. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, then I, I believe the next item was uh, was an answer in uh, to a question Councillor Burr posed re regarding snow removal costs. Um, so. If I understand you correctly, Ms. Adams, uh, on this memo that you put out, you, you indicated that we spent 123 odd thousand dollars in terms of snow removal. And did we, did we then recoup 23,000, uh, from La Prairie Group? So our cost was basically 100,000 for this past winter? And the previous year, we uh, uh, um, it cost us about a hundred $210,000 to uh, remove snow. So this year, there was $100,000 less snow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any other questions of Ms. Ms. Adams regarding snow removal costs. Just on the snow removal, uh, seeing that uh, the director is with us, so are we still just using a single snow, dip, snow dump site? Did, did we ever find one on the west side of town? No, we approached Alberta Transportation, but they never did. Okay. Well, it's, um, it, all right, fair enough. It would be something that uh, perhaps I, we could pursue I, over the summer. I guess. I'm under the impression we, uh, we put snow close to the Alliance Church up in Settlement. There was something being dumped there. Okay, very good. Well, yeah, you might want to be aware that people are actually dumping there. Um, municipal uh, Planning Commission minutes. Uh, I don't know if our MPC members, Manzer, Benke, and Sawcheck want to comment, uh, highlight anything in, in these minutes. 
maybe not in the minutes, but this Thursday we're again carrying on with our uh, uh, review of the land use bylaw. Okay. Very good. How, how many minutes uh, did, did the minutes take? <laughs> I, th I think you... Uh, they you probably took that. longer than the meetings. <laughs> Okay, Alberta Transportation Update, uh, ARMA LGAA meeting. Somebody want to tell me what the hell that means? Nothing worth. Alberta Transportation Update, ARMAA LGAA meeting. Administrators Association, and the other one is the rural counterpart. Okay. Uh, North Peace Housing Foundation provided us a board meeting synopsis uh, April 2015, and this was to address uh, some critiques that other municipalities had in terms of uh, the communication uh, from these, from the Housing Foundation to their municipalities. Uh, I don't think that that was a deficiency or criticism that we had. Uh, Peace Regional RCMP, uh, there's a detachment enforcement report. Um, and Chris Workington, item 11, uh, has a press release um, in in which uh, he notes that the federal budget uh, is is uh, demonstrating a commitment to jobs, growth, and security in the uh, peace country. So, um, barring any further questions or discussion, I'll entertain a motion to accept 11.1 .1 through to 11.11 .11 inclusive for information. Okay, uh, uh, Councillor Sawcheck has that motion on the table. All in favor? Uh, Ms. Bench, any notices of motion? Not that I'm aware. None that I'm aware of. Okay, um, we will open it up to the press to uh, tell us what the what they thought was noteworthy at this meeting. Oh, right, you're, you're right. Um, uh, that's an engagement roadmap. Um, it is an information item, and uh, I'm not sure if anybody wanted to highlight anything there. I, I, I didn't have anything uh, to highlight, but um, were, were, were you thinking of something there in particular? Yeah, it's 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 the pipeline, Joanne. Okay. Yeah, uh, you have our permission. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think basically coming out of that, sorry, Your Worship, basically coming out of that meeting, those those issues were discussed and uh, the points were taken back to each council. So they're going to discuss them there. And to, it's to my understanding that we're going to be meeting once more to finalize everything. Well, I, I think what is definitive, and you can take this to the bank, is that we, will, we have uh, 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 Fire Chief Bushy, has found uh, $35,000 in his existing budget, and that will be used to uh, to post a on-call firefighter in the hall. So there will be four four individuals uh, in the hall, and this uh, and that was to respond to fire calls. Um, and that was to address the concern that the County of Northern Lights had with response times. They felt that that extra body uh, would would uh, would um, decrease the response times. And given that it was uh, only $35,000, which actually to the town of Peace River is quite a bit of money, but nonetheless... $35,000 in the bigger picture uh, uh, to have a fourth body there between the hours of 8 in the morning and 4 in the afternoon. Or would it be 8, eight in the morning to 8 at night, I eight think? To five. 8 to 5. Um, so uh, um, that uh, certainly for the length of this fire services agreement, we thought that was... That was that wasn't a uh, bad position to take. Um, the fire services agreement does come up for renewal in 2016. Yeah, um, I I think with, with respect to the uh, the firefighting position, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's fair. The the medical um, in terms of medical credentials for firefighters um, that probably should be somewhat off limits because the county of Northern Lights is going to take that back. Uh, they probably will have a, a comment like Terry Sawchuk about Mother Nature does wonders for your budget or something like that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, <laughs> although global warming might not in the long run. <laughs> global warming might not be in the long run, but anyhow. Sure. Yeah.
<laughs> well, right now, I think they said we're running at about, well, the last number I got was six. Now, I know there's been a retirement and that's happened, so I'm not sure if that six included that retirement. But I know the last number I talked to Karen, um, to have a full complement, they would be looking uh, between 12 and 13. Now, you might want to confirm those numbers with Dr. Lungard. Those are numbers she gave me a couple of months ago, but um, those are the last numbers that I've got. Have you had your fill of tax rate by law? <laughs> what about what about neighborhood renewal program? Yeah, you're talking about the Weaver, Weaver Welding, uh, the, what's known as the Peace Ridge uh, development, which is uh, basically done by uh, um, the yeah, Weaver Welding, and that that plant that development has always been there, but we've given them specific approval, is my understanding, to uh, carry on. Would I be correct in that? MMSA is our subdivision authority, so they come to the town for um, the town to look at the plans and give their blessing, basically, to it. And will they be commuting back and forth? Yeah, uh, are you guys finished with questions, or, or, or and if you want to get some sound bites, now would be the time. Uh, we'll recess right now, and before we go in camera.